0: to episode 223 of the F-Reality Podcast. They say life goes by in a blink, so when you see your favorite teenage band up on stage together again, you might stop to ask yourself, what's my age again? Here's what's on the menu for today. Uh, we'll play, is that a VR game or is that cake? Uh, considered a wife swap but thought it quite the hassle? Don't worry, Sony's got your back there. Uh, Swedish startup... Ustlong Innovations hates us and wants to fill our lives with floating chevrons. Firewall Ultra gets countered with a c-c-c-combo breaker. Um, And to tie up this finely spiced sausage, Jose will pretzel twist your ears with some upcoming releases. (laughs) Chat, if you've tuned in to us today, share what you've been playing, and let's not stand on ceremony. It's time to to take roll call with the F-Reality crew. He's the Miley Cyrus of the group. Going to come riding in on a wrecking ball. That's right. It's our guy who always brings a fun time. It's Jose. Hey, Jose. Hey. hey.
1: Doing, man? Oh, man. <laughs> I am just so amped. Just I finally have fast internet where I'm staying. And it's it, 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 it's so awesome. It's like it, it, it made my whole entire like relocation experience so much better. I didn't realize how fast internet has a direct you know, relation with like how I'm feeling emotionally, which is absolutely <laughs> crazy to say out loud, but it's the truth. It it it, it, it was giving so. me like '90s PTSD, not being able to download things at uh, a at, at the speed that I expected to be. So it's 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 been awesome consuming a lot of content. Um, just is it a n-
0: nice consistent signal now, like something uh, you can rely upon? It's like yeah. feels like solid oak table. Yeah,
1: seriously, I feel <laughs> like I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> seriously i feel like I'm, I'm hogging all of the bandwidth <laughs> the, that they have available for this region because i have been just leaving every single electronic headset device i have just downloading everything <laughs> and everything it, it, it's 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 been absolutely nuts but oh dude i am just so excited just uh playing so many games and having people from like my local hometown reaching out Asking me about games like Ghost of Tabor and Breachers, which has been crazy. It it reminded me of like, you know, back in the day, having friends ask me, hey, you want to play COD? And, you know, having those weird games that like jump genres, it's kind of seeing that happening in VR has been just perfect time for me to have internet.
0: Oh man, those good the old time feels are definitely coming back. And mm-hmm. uh, in in the last couple of weeks, Jose, is there anything particularly uh, you've been doing or dabbling into that uh, you want to share with the audience?
1: Oh man, um, I guess the 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 coolest thing that I can't stop you know gushing about is that I'm finally officially publicly collaborating and working with Amanda Watson, the the creator of Oculus Air Link. Um, she's the the person who you know I I don't want to overstep her achievements but Airlink was, you know, on her back, right? She she built the the solution and in, in, in this feature and being able to collaborate with her and, you know, having questions behind the scenes of, you know, what can we do to make this, you know, better, faster, uh more universal, you know, there's solutions like virtual desktop out there that have, that that do it very well, but what happens when we can apply you know, virtual desktop on every single headset out there without, you know, much finicking around with reliable wireless, right? Um, It's something that us in the VR industry kind of never really think about as a problem because we have solutions like, you know, connecting a headset to a wireless router, but Mm -hmm. most of us have multiple family members in the household, multiple devices. The quality assurance of a router just isn't there. They're not designed for that, so we're reinventing the the logic um just ah just talking to her has been amazing that's probably why i'm so amped and ready for just to see what i can do on my end to like make vr better you know
0: yeah i agree i mean i i talk about packet loss with my wife all the time (laughs) That's not true but like you i i i'm a router fanatic and uh was once upon in my heyday uh uh, chair of a Wi-Fi society, which was basically the, um, I should call it the disgruntled gamers group, where you, you know, you get people with laptops back in the early 2000s trying to wirelessly network and play games together. I tell you, that's where you learn the beauty of a cable, my man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so... I love, I love my cables. Good. Well, thank you for that and announcing your partnership publicly and stuff. That's really awesome. I got a chance to meet Amanda myself when we were in GDC. She's got great energy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day we'll have her on the show. Um, all right. Next up in the lineup, uh, this lad's half troublemaker and half podcast maker. He takes the audio and bakes it in the oven at 2,000 degrees Kelvin. When it's all done, just a few chocolate chips on top and bam, that's amore. Uh, say howdy. That's rowdy. Howdy, howdy, ho. How you doing, man? How's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm how's doing great, Canadian I'm doing life great. on the slightly Easter coast. Uh, uh well, I me mean, doing. I'm sure you've
2: been noticing it, but like we've had like quite a bit of summer, like in the past two weeks, I would say. Yeah, we I mean, had uh, good one, and, and, and then it went all back to trash, you know, like, <laughs> oh, it was all downhill from there. Uh, but no, like uh, you know, it's it's been it's been great. I actually jumped into a VR game yesterday with a with a buddy of mine who's doing fantastic on YouTube at the moment. Uh, it's it's uh, simply Chris. Oh, and uh, yes. you know him as well. Yeah, and um, great. We we jumped in because he, he's a he's a big uh, flight simulator fan, and he wanted to play some uh, some VTOL. Um, oh, sweet! So we 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 jumped into that, and I have to say, like that was yeah, that was that was something else there. Uh, Wait, Explain so that. Because saying,
0: I've seen it on. I've seen it on. Uh, what is it? We got a problem.
2: <clears throat> no, I, seen, I think my uh, my voice was doubling. I think that is uh, ah. what was happening because oh, of an NDI source. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I fixed it. But um, we we went. It's like they have like I didn't even know that because I played Vito before, and I don't know if I actually played it with Viper or not. Mm-hmm. But I I wasn't I wasn't aware again, or I forgot that they have multiplayer in there, so you can both like be in the same Ooh. like you have those like planes where they have like i mean i don't know anything about planes you know like they're fighting jets like <laughs> I, I chris clearly realized that i didn't know anything about planes when we were playing because the first thing i did i had this big handle in front of me oh, no. and the first thing i did You're was like pull that handle but it was like the eject seat
1: yeah yeah, yeah exactly
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we were on the on like chris was about to lift off and like i pulled the handle <laughs> And we were in the air a little bit faster than we thought. And then <laughs> mid flight. <laughs> I opened the canopy mid flight because I found a button and I didn't know how Ooh. to close it again. So we lost the canopy. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean stuff like that happens. Oh it was it was quite funny. Um we had a good time in there. It was it was it was nice to jump in VR. Like I, I always say like I don't like playing with people, but if it's with friends, huh. you know, it's always a lot of fun. For and sure. VR is I think uh Makes it even more the case that it's like, I mean, like if you play with people that you know and you like to hang out with, it's just a fun time hanging out. In, uh, did,
0: sure. did something come out in VTOL recently? Because I saw it on Reddit. Now, you guys know, I, I spent I th- time. I think it
2: was a new DLC. I think something like that. Oh, okay. um, cause I don't know if the multiplayer is really new or not.
0: Yeah, because th- I didn't know it had multiplayer. And um, to be honest, uh, like I've got a I've got a friend who's uh, big into uh, aeronautics and stuff, and he was trying to get me into uh, some of the Sims. Not Microsoft Flight Sim. There's another one, and I can't remember the name of it, uh, which, which he would gifted me. But it like VTOL is such a classic game. It's really really good. Yeah, and, I like, mean like the. The realism
2: of it is pretty nice, I think. I mean, as far as, I mean, again, I don't know anything about planes. I don't know how realistic it is, but it feels pretty realistic, you know? The only thing is, like, the graphics are not too great, but no. it does give that sense of speed, you know? Like, when, you, when you're when you flying, like, we were doing this thing about, like, flying under the bridge. Yeah, yeah there was, like, a map with a bridge and, like, flying oh, God. on under... All, all the signals are going off, like, pull up. <laughs> pull up now. Pull up. I was like, nah, no, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to go to that bridge. <laughs> yeah, like, you do feel a little bit like you're in a Top Gun movie. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly it. Awesome.
0: And and like you say, it's like quest-level graphics. But that's another one of those games, kind of like Vox Machinae back in the day, where you're, like, begging, like, just bring it to Quest. Like, make it a very popular game, because the core gameplay element is fantastic. And I, I, I hope yeah. they do port that. So... Great. That is an excellent highlight. Glad to see you back at it. And what a surprise. Vitol! There you go. Vitol. yeah. Oh, well, nice to have you in the crew there, uh, Rowdy. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, Einstein wasn't worried about relativity, nor uh, was he worried about Moore's Law. Nope. He had one fixation, and with his last dying breath, he said to his family, Don't let the Germans get the atom bomb! Uh, we know he was talking about this lady right here. Uh, how's it going, Adam?
3: It's going, I'm still doing some ADD VR dabbling of like, you know, one day I'll uh, be playing walkabout with friends. I, I'm trying to catch up on all of the DLCs. Cause they're so, they're so cheap, right? They're so affordable. So I'm like, Oh, I'll buy it. And then it might take me a little while to get to it. Cause I have so many, but um, I really wanted to try uh, upside town, which I know we had trouble saying last time we had like, I don't know, three different versions of upside town, but um, I finally got to try that one. And it's, it's interesting. It's a it's a very trippy map and I only tried the um like the mm. first course. So I haven't tried the like once we beat it and you unlock the harder course and I'm like I can't yep. even imagine what the the difficult course looks like cuz this one was was um challenging because it's not, you know, they use physics differently. So and, and there's different like teleportation pads. So if you, you know, hit the ball towards the swirly teleportation thing, then all of a sudden it's stuck to the ceiling. And so now you know, you're not it's not like the map flips. So you're putting on the ground. You, you're putting from like you had to scrape the ball from the <laughs> ceiling kind of a thing or from the you know side of a wall. So it's it's really interesting. Like I'm always fascinated with this stuff they come out. Does with. It,
0: does it feel like uh does it feel like golf then when you're when you're kind of taking shots in that in that way? It sounds a little bizarre and a little bit it's, like outside the comfort zone.
3: It's weird, but I think because it's just a one off map, like it's not like, you know, all their maps are like it's a fun uh addition. It makes things it's it. it mixes things up a bit because I, I mean i'm i still have like the atlantis one and i think mist and god like so many oh, other god. ones that i'm behind on but I, 20 I 000 really, leagues I think,
0: under the sea yes, of your library yeah yes. I, uh, I know.
3: so I'm, I'm still behind but i really wanted to try this one because it's it's different you know so it um uh, you have to think a little bit untraditionally and i feel like if you have somebody in your group who's like really good at golf you, it maybe gives you a better chance because it's Gonna be messed up for everybody, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's
0: game. like a leveling. Yeah, but I, the, there's this thing about VR DLC. Like it, it the, we we ask for it, you know, like we ask for more content, more stuff, and then when they bring it, I feel like st- staying on top of that is just a it's difficult. It's really hard to keep up. There's just so much like the 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 well situated mm-hmm. games that bring DLC or add on content. There's just too much. There's too many games and too much content. And what a problem. I love it because for the people who feel like they don't have enough, uh, this is where they go, right? And that's that's your social hangout and you get to play around. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got about seven or eight now uh, walkabout <laughs> courses. I'm behind. Um, and just to highlight it, in case anybody's like, oh, I haven't touched walkabout in a while, there is a great deal and a discount, a bundle discount called Hole in One that's out at the moment. And you can get like it's about i think it's 30 or 40% off maybe even more than that across all the courses all in one package wow. so i almost did it but then i looked at my wife in a guilty way and i was <laughs> like honey i know i'm never going to play all these i'm just going to wait for a steam sale 2 years from now and i'll do it then <laughs> when i get the time but yeah exactly um so cool nice nice highlight there and the uh mental twister that was uptown uptown <laughs> I don't even know upside how to say it right. Now. Upside, you're down. Mess, upside you're town. down. You're
1: to me up now. <laughs>
0: upside town. They really—they they made it as twisty as it was meaning to be by its namesake. Great, it's excellent. It's like if you say
2: something too often, then it doesn't make sense anymore, right? Oh, That's yeah. Like the word now I'm ketchup. pushing
3: myself. Upside. I'm pretty sure it's
0: it was like upside ketchup. town. It's like ketchup. Is it ketchup? I think it's ketchup. It's like that song, <laughs> right? Which one?
2: Uptown girl.
0: No, <laughs> no but it's. Even. <laughs>
3: Now I'm even more confused.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This podcast, uh, I don't know. We're we're, we're going into mental places, aren't we? Anyway, okay, chat, you guys are out there somewhere. Uh, If there's anything you want to say to us, please uh, let us know. Um, Is there anything in chat so far? I see there's some questions. I think Rudel Rudel was saying, has anyone tried Deep Rock Galactic VR mod? Is it worth a try? I'll tell you what, it is. Um, uh, The late Dark Angel introduced me to it, and it is a great uh version of deep rock galactic but it feels really really lonely it's is, like cavernous yeah. spaces what is deep, deep rock galactic so deep rock galactic is like i know i've heard I of it but
3: i haven't played it like my husband's brought it up a couple times uh, That's that's like the dwarf mining thing right or
0: yes okay drink beer have beards basically just be rowdy for a day or two and, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's just We're smart. <laughs> Down in the mines. It is really cool. It's a great team game. There's lots of, like, alien swarms uh, that come at you, and you're trying to, like, repair oil pipelines and stuff like this. The VR mod is pretty easy. It's basically an install and just fire away. So it's a great shout. If you haven't had a chance to play around with that, uh, definitely recommend it. Definitely worth doing. It's procedural as well. So the the levels are different. I mean,
2: the the tasks that you get are similar. So I think there's, like, a range of, like, I think eight eight different kinds of mission or mm. eight to ten uh, kinds of missions but um the levels that you get to in the environments they're procedural so yeah. they are different each time you try them
0: feels uh, great It's real yeah. exploration if
2: each has like their own role you are like i mean some roles are maybe a little bit more important than others because you might not be able to complete a mission without a certain role but like every role has a specific kind of uh,
0: mission to it. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so like one one can like dig. You know, everyone can dig with their pickaxe like this little hole. And then there's one who has like double drills and just can dig like a giant tunnel. Oh, yeah, when uh, double drills. There's other in. ones who who do uh, like platforms double and drill. stuff like that. And uh, yeah. yeah, so there's a whole bunch of different roles. Like Roddy's saying, it's really Scouts, well balanced.
2: Engineers. Yeah.
0: Huh. And that game has more unlockable stuff than most games um, in terms of what you can go for. So if you really want to plump. I don't know eight thousand hours into a game, then Deep Rock's for you. <laughs> it's it's really nuts, um, but it's worthwhile doing the VR mod. It's also the multiplayer. You can play the VR mod in multiplayer mixed with non VR players, uh, which is cool. So, uh, or so for VR everyone players. who
2: have who have introduced to this game, loves it.
0: Like, yeah, they all love it. I love it. It's, it's like when I got first introduced to Left 4 Dead and I was like, oh my God, this game is great. You know, it's like one of those. It's like a multiplayer VR game where you're helping each other. It's a team-based. We'll talk a little bit later about more team-based VR games. Um, yeah, the game I was talking about before was uh, X-Plane, actually. It's a real hardcore sim. Uh, then there's Microsoft Flight Simulator. Some people were talking about DCS, which yes. is the military. DCS is not a game. DCS yeah. is a plethora of like 50 different mill sims and oh uh, my god like and the yeah, amount that's... of money you can spend on that you can drop 2 grand without blinking like that is <laughs> but that <laughs> is a sim where you get out the heavy books just like Microsoft flight simulator yeah. can be like you need the manuals you need to know what every little flick switch yeah. does like holy shit you, you're um, saying
2: that it's it's probably cheaper to buy an actual plane <laughs>
0: <laughs> It may very well be like yeah spend that money somewhere else I'd say anyway okay Uh, Anything else in chat that I'm missing? I only gave it a quick flick, other than... No? Okay. I don't think so. So, all right, we'll keep going. So, uh, I actually almost... I just had a realization that for the last six months, I haven't asked this or answered this question, which is, who am I? All right, well, my name is Zim, and I'm the (laughs) half-American, half-Irish vocalist for this effing indie band. So, um, it's my turn to step up to the mic and share my highlight. So, my highlight is that this week, I murdered hosts of between realities yep i murdered them in cold blood high five
3: yeah (laughs) 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 no
0: (laughs) No longer a problem uh but seriously i i need i need rehab um last weekend i spent 12 hours between Sunday and monday uh in breachers vr because
2: wait wait, before you go in like i i like i think your stream started at like what like 10 10 a.m or something or like, like like some hour and I was like oh let me just check out like and then I went like I went for dinner (laughs) I went out I I was this I was like I came back home was tired I was like oh you know let me see if anyone is on Twitch it's like wait Sim is still on there (laughs) it was like 12 (laughs) hours later or something I was like damn
0: someone really likes this game yeah I I absolutely love the game and um you remember that feeling that we had in GDC where everyone was like in a room and it's like everyone's high-fiving and hugging and stuff like that? Oh. Well, uh, Breachers has really given me that in the virtual sense. It's, it, it's it's given me the ability to rekindle with a whole bunch of people who I have played games with before and people I haven't played games with. So, you know, years ago, I would have played like Serious Sam with VR Gamer Dude, for example. I also got to bump shoulders uh, with the killer known as Creeper Betty, Uh, Arcanian, good friend of mine, Buck, uh, Alex, Skiva, Eric from QTC, Serpo, Silverfire, Wolfo, who might be in chat, Reezy and Livinator, and an old Counter-Strike land buddy of mine from Cork in Ireland, uh, who's now in Japan, who gets up early for matches across the globe named Newt. So I just wanted to shout out to all those people, fine folks who I got to play with, and yeah, it was just murder town, right, inside. It was just great. But I want to tell people about Breachers a little bit, because they came out in alpha, Um, And it was a fantastic game and all of that. And it's just like such a a bear hug, a community bear hug is what this thing offers. So between my stream and other people's shows and streams, like we've just been hopping. It's like bar hopping or something, but in VR FPS games. (laughs) Um, And it was really, really good. I got to say that out of the bunch, though, uh, again, just to tip my hat to uh, uh, the BR guys, Alex was really good. He's really good at uh, FPS games. So we were kind of going heads off in in various matches. So hats off to him. That's Alex VR. Um, And and just three things I want to highlight about Breachers for those who might consider to pick it up, you know, this weekend or whatever. First off, it's a damn smooth play. Like you get in and it is so easy to rematch, play again, vote for a map, swap teams, play more. The VoIP is great. You just hear your own team's audio, but then when you break out in between matches, there's a basketball court, and you can kind of just shoot the shit and throw some balls around, vote for a map, hit a big, literally just a big red button. I know Rowdy would press it all the time. It just smack that, and it loads up the next match. And to be able to just kind of play and play and play again, it makes it very easy to lose a Sunday. I'll say that. Um, the second thing, which is really the namesake of Breachers, is the breaching part. So you'll have seen in like a trailer, or whatever that Rowdy showed, right? You've got breaching foams. You can, you can blow apart a wall. But a feature they added that wasn't there at the very beginning, which is now in the game. It's kind of production release in the main stores. Uh, and this is cross-playing on Steam and Quest and all that. Is the actual breaching mechanic where you have a grappling hook that's like up a building. And you're scaling down a skyscraper. And you kick off the wall. And you go back for about, it's about three seconds of hang time, and you're swung back on the rope, and you swing in, and you smash through the wall, right? While you're there with your gun, whatever it's one of the best feelings in VR I've ever had. When you do that with a bunch of people all overlapped on each other, and you're all swinging back like echo versions of each other, and then you smash into a room, it it goes one of two ways either you you go in and you feel like cops who've just busted into a like like you know on a bunch of robbers and it's amazing or the uh, defenders, the bad guys, the terrorists right they just kill you all on site <laughs> because they, they, they could hear your footsteps or whatever it's amazing that feeling of like this 50 50 how's it gonna go is just incredible. so um for anyone who hasn't tried breachers in that way, the st- the strategic elements from match to match at the different like weapons and mechanics that you've got, just fantastic. Um, I think the one thing that the game is going to need, though, is a bit of a pipeline. And we'll talk a little bit later about its, I'll call it its biggest competitor, and the the big dog who was on the scene before, which is Firewall uh, from PSVR1, which we'll, we'll touch on. But one thing that Breachers does very, very well, um, and, in, and that's in contrast to what Firewall did well, is the lobby component and the ability to keep playing and not wait around, they really nailed it. So I'm looking forward to pipeline, some kind of customization, just something to keep you going because there isn't, a at the moment today, there isn't like a uh, an unlocks system of any nature at all. So the game is really predicated on, you know, three main maps, one deathmatch kind of area, a kill house, and then, and that's how they launched. I'm glad they launched um, and it's a fantastic game and it has dragged me back From PSVR 2 to Quest. I didn't think that would happen so soon. But the last, I literally spent more than a week not even touching my PlayStation because of this game. And uh, it's it's probably one of the first games I've ever played that uh, on Quest, it looks almost exactly, kind of like Red Matter 2 did. It looks almost exactly like it does on PC VR. It's gorgeous. It runs great. And actually, I prefer it that way because with no cable, you can spin around and duck and dive and all that. And one uh, surprised advantage of the whole thing is it's a bit of a workout, like Rowdy said. I, I spent most of the day doing it, and then the next day I was like, "Oh no!" Well,
3: twelve hours. My legs yeah, hurt. I think twelve hours. My legs a lot really of hurt. <laughs> it would probably be a lot for most people.
0: Yeah, but it's the it's the smooth crouch and stand that you do behind boxes. You're doing squats the whole time, and you don't even realize it. You know, nice. so yeah, Tim's anyway. got a firm butt now.
1: <laughs> nice and firm.
0: <laughs> I, Too much
1: breaching. Uh, I to give it a shot.
3: Like I, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm kind of like rowdy in that I prefer. I don't really like playing with strangers. I prefer to play it with friends. So I, I've no. been wanting to try breachers, but I've got to try it with people I know and also people who be patient with me in the beginning. Because like the only time I tried it was, uh you know, GDC at the Unity booth when they just threw me in with randoms and I wasn't sure <laughs> if my microphone was on or not, if they could hear me or whatever. But uh, it's it looks interesting. I just have to try. I just have to play it with friends so that I won't be judged too harshly in the beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Clearly, Adam and I were on opposite sides. Of G- they were at GDC breachers. Yeah,
3: yeah, they were. Uh, they had like a Unity booth section. It was just like one little yeah.
0: TV. Uh,
1: they yeah. had a little spot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's really funny because like it was a big show and all that, but you feel like you you'd see all the VR stuff. But yeah, you were on the different side of the show floor <laughs> to me because we keep like revealing stuff that we saw the other one didn't. That's funny. Um, Great. So that's that. That was my little highlight, which is uh, which is Breachers. And again, shout out to the community. Man, nice. it feels great. It really feels great. And, and that's it. It's just like it's a party. And I'm going to keep that going. And Rowdy said this from me before. The golden rule of VR FPSs is get in early, ride the wave, don't ignore it, because if it dries up, you'll have missed it. And we've seen it with uh, FPSs before. This one, I think, has a bit of a tail on it because of the formula. But if they don't bring extra content, extra maps, and uh, really the customization ability... It could dry out, but uh, it's cross platform and it's great on other platforms. Uh, so uh, try that out. With that, let's jump I in. One question, though. Did they add AI in this as well? The Ooh, AI is good.
2: Pops. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and okay. I, think, I always think that's important
0: that if you, if you can't fill up a match, that there's at least, it feels like it's not empty. Yeah. 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 Um, well, do you remember that title? I'm forgetting the name of it now. It was from the, oh, what was it called? Um, there was a classic Battle Royale style game um, a little while back, and there was a 32 by 32 multiplayer um, game with bots where you could have, like, you had helicopters and, you know, parachute down. And I forget the name of it. There was Standout, was the first title that they had, and then they went on to this bigger form. Um, and that's actually right. where oh, Viper FBI? and I first had an online tiff. Virtual Battle <laughs> Royale. <Braves. laughs> I <don't> remember. <laughs> we definitely did. I hated him for well, a few months. Were you talking about where Virtual Battle I had to calm them down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, definitely. I don't get upset at almost anybody, but man, we had a we had an altercation, all right, uh, definitely for yeah. a few months, but then met in person and we're both you know, he's full Irish and I'm part, and it was like, all right, man, cool, we're good now. So, <laughs> plus he's like me, he's he's juggling too many kids, you know, so we've got that in common. Um, but yes, the AI is actually very good, I would say. It feels like a like 0. 0.8 of a player, like 80% of a player, so it won't make you frustrated and that it's killing you constantly, but it's enough to fill the gap when there isn't a player there. And sometimes it'll catch you off guard and you'll get killed by a bot. And you're like, heck oh. <laughs> that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> but it is, it's good. So if you want to practice on your own, uh, you can do that. You can go find nice. an empty server. You can also run private matches, which is really good. A lot oh. of VR FPS games forget that. So you, you can run either an open or a closed like password protected server, which mm-hmm. is really helpful because it means that people can get groups of people together and it has your username. So the trick that I use to not get into a group of screaming kids is you just look at the usernames of the servers and you pick one that sounds sensible and not like (laughs) wrote it and you go in there and you usually find a group of mature players and it's like, Hey, that works. And then you have like a mostly, you know, full server, maybe a couple of bots in there, but good times, good times. So I would recommend, um, definitely check it out. And uh, I'm sure it's got a friend system as well. So you can friend people, see if they're online and just directly click a join button to join them in game. So I would recommend when you're in a match with people, you find some people you like just on the scoreboard, click add add friend. And it's like a one way directional, you know, handshake. If they accept the handshake, then you'll be able to jump into their matches directly, which makes matchmaking very easy uh, from that point.
1: Yeah, I don't so like I don't like the idea of playing with 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 friends in competitive games because I'm trash and I know I normally don't. I know my 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 skill curve, so I just rather be alone in those kind of games.
3: OK, we need to play together I feel, then, though. Yeah, because let's do it. Yeah. Like I was both thinking suck, about that. So I was like, it's
1: oh, Adam and I are going to be gaming because I don't think I I have the mental patience of, of getting my my butt whooped by Alex like a thousand yeah. times. Like I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> but, I don't want that cred. <laughs> there is a
0: great support class in this game, and I've gone on too long about Breachers, but I'll just yeah. continue this piece. So in Breachers, there is a little hover drone that you can. So you grab it. It looks like a little handy cam. You throw it in the air. It buzzes around, and you see that in first person, and you can actually, like, tag and tell your teammates. Where this where this uh, where, where enemies are right and it really helps. so the drone <laughs> class, the kind of support class is great as a starter for someone who doesn't want to go just jumping in the into the gun play. and then there's a bunch of other things like smoke grenades and stuff like that but just the feeling is great and even if you just want to stand back from the door, one little tip I, I'll share that uh, an online player taught us was if you hit the doors with the butt of your gun, they will break more easily than you're hitting it with a hand or something like that. So you hmm. get two people standing on each side of a door. You both smack it with the butt of your rifle. The thing collapses in. Your team floods through. It really is a great. Right, Adam, team you and I, army so. of
1: two, we're gonna we're gonna All we're right. gonna top the charts. We're gonna go pro. <laughs> we're
3: gonna top the charts one point at a time. <laughs> <There you laughs> Eventually, <go. laughs> over when, five when years.
0: When you're warmed up. When you're warmed up, join on Zim. We'll we'll have a good match. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll be. Oh, fun. look at that! When you're warmed up. <laughs> when we're warmed up, join yeah. me. Like you can't oh, you I'm see me at so the moment. At this game. If anyone's telling off. me to warm up, it's fucking Rowdy. Jeez, we, I remember we used to play what was a Pavlov. I, I remember, and uh, mm. you were really good with that. Uh, I, used to join I think it was
2: best at Population One. Actually,
0: I Pop think that 1 was, was the one. That's uh, that's the one I played the most. That was fun. That was fun. Those are all good games. Um, So anyway, so speaking of FPSs, let me talk about something that's really hit the internet hard in the last couple of days. Uh, And game lovers, it's time to pinch ourselves because I think we might be dreaming. Uh, This week, there was a game trailer uh, from the game called Unrecord uh, that took the FPS loving world by surprise. Multiple millions of views in just two to three days showing a body cam footage uh, that looks like a dream VR game. Uh, Many didn't believe that it was actually a game. Um, But then the developers actually showed us off um, an Unreal Engine 5 fly-by-render and a tour of the demo world that they'd showed to this cam. And it is really jaw-dropping, the level of detail and the the kind of feeling of this body cam um, in this world. Everything from reloading the mag to even the enemies that they take on in this game. Um, and and I couldn't I couldn't believe it. But a couple days later, they posted Unreal Engine 5's like um, got this special system called Nanite, which uses a new internal mesh format, uh, rendering nanotechnology to render pixel scale detail and high object counts to really give a, a real feeling. And there's a couple of games now that are um, leveraging this uh, that are that are actually out or coming out. Um, so you've got. There's one horror game, I didn't snag the the, the name of it, uh, that uses the same kind of bod- found footage, like, body cam style. That looks terrifying. Uh, this one is called Unrecord. And, again, it's just, like, a really dramatic-looking experience. And so, Rowdy, once you think that they've gotten enough of a flavor of the original footage, show them the um, the dev flyby, which is the next video up, which is showing the kind of dev side to it. But um, did you guys... Come across this on your socials this week, and I'm oh, curious yeah. if you, what you thought about it.
3: Yeah. it it's. Ins- I had to show my husband, I, like I had to show everybody, because I was like, "This is this is a game." I think I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but this, even the animations of, yeah, like you said, like reloading and just like you know, yeah. kicking the doors open. I'm like, it's smooth. Like it's so strange. I don't know. I, I could see how people will be skeptical, but I guess we'll see. You know, in a, whenever it comes out, if if it is like it is, it's so weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, it well, goes that, to show... Oh, sorry. No, go on, Jose. No, it goes to show how uh, there is such a maturing of skills uh, uh, that's just being applied to, like, 3D rendering. You know, that, I, I, I hate calling it, but that's just... This is all just part of the, you know, AI revolution. It's just a lot of uh, predictive yeah. predictive uh, rendering and a lot of tools that are kind of being applied into the the, visual, the virtual avatar, kind of like... They're applying the the, came, the same the similar rendering techniques that we have applied to like virtual reality, which is how things are rendered based on what you're seeing. They're applying that same logic outside of how the headset renders. So now they're all these like, yeah, the, it's, it's incredible how we're only just getting started with all these amazing, you know, up rendering and upscaling. And uh, I, I'm so excited
0: detail in the environment is really interesting. And some people were saying, like, what, what, what would be the transformation of this in a VR game? I think the thing that's really interesting is those details, the texturing level, um, just the kind of finer stuff that we were talking about. When it comes to kind of the composition of, of AI and, you know, engines like UE5, you know, that combined is just such a powerful force. And I think we are in for, even a year from now, some pretty, um, I'll say terrifying in a positive way some terrifying experiences in terms of the level of detail. Mm -hmm. Um, And this doesn't just apply to shooters, right? I mean, this could be, you could use the same kind of engine for a game like Moss, for example, just to give you that extra level of believability. Um, So seeing this just absolutely whets my appetite um, for games in general. And we'll touch a little bit later in the podcast on similar technologies um, and other stuff that's actually coming up as well. So I I think that, what what makes especially this so realistic is not just the
2: textures, but is the uh, the adaptive light technology that they're using. Um, like not only not only how like reflections and how light bounces off, but if you look at like the way that it's like filmed with the body cam, it uses like a slow yeah. exposure kind of time, kind of like how what we're used to seeing with cameras. Not how our eyes specifically work, but it's mostly. How our cameras work when you aim at like the bright sky it takes like a moment to adjust when you go to a dark room it's very dark and then like the exposure increases and like huh. kind of like you know that slow exposure time. not really how our eyes work of course but more like how how cameras work and that makes this look very realistic i think and i i, I mean i don't want to to the ai horn the ai orn again but like indeed <laughs> like just imagine combining this with like large language models and like mm. You know Ooh, that you have not only procedural generated insane. environments like this, but like procedurally envir- procedurally generated text and speech, and you know Characters. that kind of stuff. Yes. Characters, you know, all of that stuff is going to be, yeah, it's going to revolutionize so much stuff.
0: You, you're gonna have you're gonna have some you know me walking down a street in Tokyo, and some Japanese woman will throw the bathwater out of a window or something, you know, and shout at you in a different language, and that's yeah. just exactly th- and because uh,
2: they're already oh. doing it now. They now. Like building in like GPT models uh, or like the the GPT engine into games, so you can converse with characters of games. I know it is a VR game that did that recently as well. I know where there was I think Brother Giuseppe, like yeah, was I like that a, one. A, a preacher <laughs> or something like that. So you have that, and actually like last week, and that's also maybe something that is a little bit interesting is that uh, Stability AI, which is the ones who started the entire Stable Diffusion. Uh, they started their, They released their first large language model um, or their the latest large language model called Parrot, which now has a commercial and an individual, individual license with it as well that allows people to use this uh, instead of GPT, which is going to, again, like speed this thing up so much because now people can use this uh, without uh, paying uh, a lot of money for tokens.
0: It seems like the year of catalysts, you know, whether it be for your workflow, for creating images for creating realistic characters yeah everything from yeah. dialogue to procedure mm-hmm. manuals you know it's it's insane so nice. the uh, future that's coming at us and so dramatically quickly <laughs> it's like and it's not uh, like, like, like I,
3: I know at least for me i was a little uh intimidated at first because you hear you know if you're on twitter or reddit or whatever you hear all about it and it's like ah what is this but when you just try it it's like anyone can do it or I like I even got so deep into it that I went uh and got a specific like marketing course just on good prompts to put in and it's not yep. like you know I don't know anything about coding or whatever but it's it's like whatever your field is or whatever you're interested like you can probably apply this to help you just think better or think mm-hmm. faster or write better and yeah. you know, even if just putting it to the I guess more normal day-to-day cases, but there's just so much you can do, and I'm like, so I've been, yeah. I've been obsessed. Thanks, and, thanks, Rowdy. and, and,
2: and, <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, and it's gonna, it's gonna fuel that entire discussion of like, do we live in a simulation? Yeah, <laughs> is This is the Matrix? I was, I was literally, I, I was, literally, I was when, like, literally
1: about to say that. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's made me, it's made me feel. You know, I, I'm, honestly, it's a really good, you know, depression killer or or, or or mood booster because it kind of really makes you highlight how easy we are to mathematically calculate. You know what I mean? Like the like that's that's really what what ChatGPT has really made me kind of force into like perspective. It's like wow, if when you when you really apply how all of this is done, it's just nothing but predictive text at a very 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 high level, which means. We're nothing but predictable creatures into, to such well, an extent that it's like, uh...
2: <laughs> that,
1: that, That's I know. the thing, of
2: course, like that, that, that's what differentiates us still, I think, from like these like large language models. I mean, I, I still don't deem them as intelligent, uh, yeah. but like, because they need a prompt still in order to function, right? They don't think for themselves. So yeah. That's still a big a big difference of course but it, it, this yeah.
0: all just feels like uh, it feels like inception or some kind of dream state um mm. you know it really does so I, I see where you're where you're taking us down that road again <laughs> it's a little Get intimidating open. it's kind of like when you look up at the stars and you go like oh there's so much out there that we don't know um yeah you f- I feel like we're getting rushed by this stuff to some degree yeah. and it's 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 at times a good it's like a great feeling it's a feeling of adrenaline and it also was that same feeling of being on the roller coaster when it just goes over the edge and starts to drop. You yeah. know that feeling of free fall. Exactly. Yeah, That's what it feels yeah. like a little bit. And it's like, where where is this going to end up? Right. This is <laughs> this is pretty incredible. So we're gonna have to add AI to the the, the podcast. <laughs> XR, VR. Well, R- it is part of <laughs> it. AI. It's still it's two
1: letters, out. so
2: yeah. it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Quick, no three letters allowed.
1: Bringing it back to to the original topic, which is the video. Um, One of the things I wanted to add is I really feel when people were watching this video, also there's a weird phenomenon that's almost being brewed because we're so used to looking at real life through a screen to the point that Mm. tools or artificial lighting techniques are tricking our eyes into seeing it as real life. But when you look at that video, like, you know, put it into a high resolution and then go outside and put a warehouse it there is a powerful uncanny valley. That you notice, but when you see it, you know, when you're inside your house next to a bunch of devices and you look at it, it looks realistic and it almost Mm. goes to show it. it, This is not I I personally don't think it's the best that graphics can do. It's in reality, it's the best that the eyes can be tricked.
2: But but that's exactly what I mean with like they mm-hmm. played around with that with that kind of thing by using a camera with like that slow exposure kind of thing because we're so used to seeing that kind of stuff from like when we record with phones we record exactly. whatever so they they use that that slow exposure and that probably like hides some of the things that would if it was high high resolution high uh, um, like high exposure or like very fast then you probably say like I oh am yeah, but I can see this and you can see that but because it's like that a little bit of, like, a shabby camera that is recording it, <laughs>
0: you can, like, trick the mind into, like, seeing, like, that's this is something so nice. that was
2: recorded that looks that's real, which
0: I think is very smart. And yeah. that's a lot like the Blair Witch Point. And like I mentioned about that horror game, which, sorry, I don't have the name of it, but, um, that, yeah, that, that kind of found footage feeling puts you Fatal in the shoes. Frame. It's another... Fatal Frame? It's another... Um, immersion tactic right which like puts you in the shoes of the person who's there because I suppose most of us will have had a handicap at some point and like looking through the viewfinder right as you're shooting the scene or watching someone else's footage back so it's really interesting anyway I'm gonna I'm gonna dovetail us into the next thing which is um if that doesn't feel like uh dreaming well this will feel like waking up um as we awaken from our pixelated slumber uh dreams is dying off. It's a game from the original PSVR One, uh, which was really neat uh, and allowed full worlds and games to be created in VR. Um, a quote by the studio Media Molecule says, "We've made the difficult decision to discontinue live support of Dreams. Uh, this is like déjà vu or something." Uh, <laughs> as of the first of September, 2023, to shift our focus to an exciting new project. How many exciting new projects are happening in quarter three this year? You know what I mean. Like they're, they're <laughs> sunsetting quite a lot. I feel like this is the third or fourth time on the podcast we've we've killed something off, or or you know have have heralded its 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 demise. It's sunsetting, and this is just another one. So dreams is going away. Something else is coming in. No guarantees that next thing is going to have VR support, but. Hey, here's another one. It just tells me something's happening in Q3 this year. I don't know what it is. If it's like Meta's decided we're pulling the plug and you're not getting server support and hey, you if you don't want to pay for it, you got to pull the plug. This in cases of course Sony um with 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 Dreams being a PSVR1 title. I don't know. Did any of you muck around in Dreams? I'm am curious about that. No, I, I... went to their opening yeah. when they first released the oh. game. Oh.
2: Um yeah, it was it was pretty awesome, I thought. Like mm-hmm. is this like how you can make games, right? In there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a game yeah. engine. It's like a game maker. So yeah, yeah, it's a game engine. And and the kind of stuff they made with that, I was a guy making like the entire Jurassic Park movie. That's
3: yeah, I was gonna <laughs> mention that. That looks so cool. It he had like the side yeah, by side comparisons amazing. and I was like, Holy crap, yeah. like that's crazy. It's it's, yeah. it's it's
1: it's unfortunate that 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 uh, media molecule molecule has tried so many times to kind of make this happen, especially with a uh, little big planet, which I still think is their best uh, franchise um, that they that they could make, and, and and it goes to show like their engine tools and creation um, knowledge. I, I feel like they they've been trying to achieve like the 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 most accessible game maker engine. But I feel like that the what's killing them is their partnership with Sony. I, I feel like if they would have had this engine completely mm. be independent and maybe work on, especially now that crossplay is such a big thing. Imagine if they would have had this on Xbox and on on PC and other, they'd just make it completely platform agnostic. It, it would have survived every time. I, I feel like I hope Millie Molecule is kind of aware of that. They're like, hey. I didn't
0: know. I don't yeah. know. So th- th- those are the same guys behind Little Big Planet.
1: Yes, Little Big Planet. Uh, yeah. All the way up to two and three, they 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 licensed it away, and then they started focusing on Dreams, um, which is a similar um, engine. Um, it's an evolution of it. It's incredibly versatile. the mm-hmm. The things that you can do are are, are just bonkers. It, it, it's it's incredible, and that's the problem. People were remaking games from the ground up, which rebuilt communities. People were actually making clones of well known uh games and experiences i think i even saw somebody made i, I think it was called a uh, pong pong ultra which was a first person pong that looked a lot like echo vr if it would have been you know not unfortunately not vr but it goes to show how people were mm. building that it, it just man if this was platform agnostic it would have been yeah a different story. um
0: yeah, and so anyway, thank you for that uh, history lesson because I was a huge fan of Little Big Planet and loved playing okay. that with uh, my wife, my kids, that kind of stuff. I mean, I I did feel a, a change. In the game, so it's interesting that the original creators um, kind of disbanded from it and sold the licensing off. Because then they went to Sackboy and a few other yeah, creations. Yeah. And I haven't been trying. I suppose that one, that's yeah. different different devs. Then mm-hmm. um, still feels 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 great, and it's great overloading your environments and crashing your world or whatever. But <laughs> if you haven't checked out those games. Definitely in the flat gaming space, those are things to try out. But yeah, so that's the end of that dream, you know. Um, but I, I I wanted to I wanted to kind of convert us over to. Another bonkers title, um, there's one called Humanity, uh, which is an action puzzle game that's coming out on May 16th. There was a kind of a free demo of this out just for a very short time at the very beginning of PSVR 2's launch, which people could dabble in. Um, But if you like free VR games, I say free with air quotes, of course, uh, but available on day one as part of the PlayStation Plus's game catalog lineup for May, at no additional cost to PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium members, humanity's coming out. This is a this is like lunatic lemmings from Japan, uh, is what I call this. So <laughs> it is an dog? absolutely nut nuts game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and show it, show that off, um, and and it's just like it's it's one of two PSVR two tips. I thought we would share today. Did any of you get to play the demo when it launched? I missed it.
3: Very briefly. I missed it. Um, it was it, it was. I'm not a big like puzzly platform y person. I mean, I'm I'm a s i am i am like the dog, but that was pretty much <laughs> the only selling point for me. But it was interesting, like Shibu. the people physics, because the way that you can move them from platform to platform. Um, I mean I didn't play that much of the demo, but I feel like they could do more with some of the level designs. But um I don't know, it, it wouldn't be something that I'd be like, Yeah, I'm really excited for. I'd be like if someone was like, Hey, this this game's here, I'd be like, Okay, I guess I'll try it because I if I don't have anything else to play. <laughs> but it's it's cute. I just, I don't know. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's I madness
0: did, is what it is. crazy.
3: It
1: I did notice crazy. that it is, uh, actually funny enough, uh, researching it because I do love puzzle games. <laughs> and and I do love Lemmings, ironically enough, but um, yeah. it is coming for PC VR, it looks like. I, it, I did see a Steam um, launch page for it, so it looks like it, it might be releasing around the same time. Um, so it, it's one of those games that I kind of was excited to play on PSVR too, but I was like, oh, well, I, I do... It is coming on Steam, so I'll probably try it on there. I, and I just
2: I just got a bit scared when I when I saw the dog and I knew it was a Chinese restaurant. And I was
1: like,
0: yeah. wait a minute. <laughs>
1: no. What's going on in this game? What is this
3: shenanigans?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's called I mean, humanity. I don't know the story <laughs> or anything, but
3: I think the dog's <laughs> actually dead or it's like an angel or something. So, I mean, who, I don't know how There's it died dogs. if it did die. There's,
1: I think that's cultural. I, I think they, they are associated with guidance and and, and trustworthy. Okay. Yeah.
0: Guys, you're right to a good meal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, for other folks who, like me, find wife swapping a pain, well, just press that PlayStation button twice on your sense controllers to go straight to VR settings. That's your tip of the day. Uh, Voila, double tap for wife swap. So what that (laughs) means is if you have difficulty in changing the eye settings right of your headset when you've got other people to showcase it to, you just double press on the sense controller, the PlayStation button, and it's a shortcut button straight to your VR settings so that you can set that up and swap heads very, very quickly. Okay, so I just wanted to... That's an easy one to make your night better and wanted to thank users Rum and Moby323 from Reddit for the quick tip on that. All right. Well, if that's not enough madness for you, um, it's no coincidence I'm wearing a SideQuest hoodie today. I wanted to pair this with SideQuest's newest... Social spawnling launched on 420. Outcomes banter. Uh, this is available on SideQuest, and you can go get the fledgling new social hub uh, from the mental minds of Orla and Shane Harris again. It's like a virtual world with physics akin to Bone Lab and avatars like those imported from Ready Player Me, which it supports. You get your full body. This isn't a discount body, right? You get arms and legs and all of that. Um, and you've got worlds akin to what VR chat used to look like a couple years ago. Um, so the intention here is to get a, a kind of a fun social hangout going. Um, one of the things I wanted you to remember, um, and we've had Shane and Orla on the podcast before, is that they started off with... And they um, do- <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely remember the dogs. Who were yipping throughout the show. Was it with dogs? we got dogs all over today. Um, but they started off... As this uh, social app. And for the life of me, I couldn't find the name of it again. It was a weird name. I can't remember. Rowdy, do you remember what it was called yeah. before? So prior to SideQuest, uh, I think it was Shane had originally designed a like this, this social world, right? And then they pivoted into SideQuest as like a thing that they were going to do to launch their new social world. SideQuest mm-hmm. rocketed and took off and became this big thing. So the way I see this is... There's still that like siren in the back of the head going you need to make a social world do it now You've got the platform you can make it if you build it They will come so I don't know how successful this is going to be But it is interesting and it's got some unique selling points over other games as I said that physical nature The kind of physics engine means that you can have a like of the climb experience in the game and go visit worlds What's going to motivate people to use this one over the others? I don't know time will tell, right? but uh, that's called um, that is called banter banter that's that's yeah. brand new out from the side quest team interesting yeah. and I'm guessing it's only on Sidequest? For Quest for now only on quest. <laughs> and um they are they are hoping to bring as well a uh, full I'll call it body tracking support into the app, but that's uh, not a feature just yet.
3: but how so it's, it's only on the quest, right? like it's like so you can't use trackers unless you're it's through steam (laughs) or no so
0: side quest can still be pc vr games right so yeah i mean side quest started there it's not it's not just um quest isolated so i would imagine just like vr chat it would be you know it's a full fat pc vr experience but then they would tack on tracking mechanism through body trackers that, that that would be compatible with the headset you're using so
1: that's kind of know. the, the, the way everybody's doing it right now, and it's unfortunate. Like, they're, they're, like that, that sounds so inaccessible. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's going to shortcut soon, right? We, mm-hmm. We're going to have inside-out tracking with uh, your physical frame, and they just need cameras pointed at the human, I think. Um, but mm-hmm. there's still limits because of the physical placement of it being on your head and also as that footprint isn't a shelf sticking out of your face and comes in closer and closer and closer you get a worse and worse view of your feet and your arms and your legs and stuff so how we're going to solve that one i don't (laughs) know but i i I suppose (laughs) machine learning slash ai can fix this maybe there as well so speaking of that and uh really a dovetail off of something that we were talking about just a bit earlier uh let's feature this little thing from spatial computing um, text to VR is a gripping concept, which we've spoken about before, without that label. Text VR, where a prompt entered by a human can turn directly into full form VR experience. As shown in a video post on Reddit, we can see, and as the market as the author remarked, from a simple text prompt, we can now create an animated, realistic 3D avatar that will move to our commands. You just input, a person walks, stops, and waves. And an automated process has been developed to create a simple bone animation that is later transferred to a 3D avatar. The action is simple and its outreach unlimited. Instead of having to manually rig bones and animate different poses and actions, a hard and time-consuming process, it is now possible to create 3D animations flawlessly by simply describing them. So this is again an extension beyond that prompt-based learning that Adam was experiencing recently. Uh, We are in the process of combining the technology that we are developing from prompt to animation with other AI models that allow us to generate dialogues or build synthetic spaces purely based on text. The ultimate goal of this is to develop a framework in which entire scenes can be developed from text in order to build XR experiences that can accelerate and improve social research and make your games a feckin' lot better, right? (laughs) That's what I'm reading into this one. So that's a kind of nifty thing that's... um, one project. There's one more here, and then I bloody want to open for for Rowdy's thoughts on this, if he hasn't seen this already. There's a second interesting video that we've got uh, from Israeli University in Tel Aviv, uh, demonstrating the human motion diffusion model, which again is taking learned information, um, and again, on a prompt basis, doing a very similar thing with almost a i'll call it a a kind of a better looking um, video to demonstrate and it shows again a a human formed individual receiving a prompt and walking down a stage and like showing the different iterations of this so for example if the prompt is entered human kicks a ball you know it shows different versions of that interpreted by the engine and you're looking at this and you're thinking hang on a second we're really damn close to having this in a game, right? Like this is getting really, really scintillating now. Like I this is lighting up all the synapses in my brain for sure. Um, So seeing this um, human motion diffusion model and the previous one, which showed us a text to AI prompt, um, I thought that these were things that were um, pretty interesting. And again, this is like such a leap from what we had even just last summer. So I I presume Rowdy, you've seen stuff like this before, but uh, what are your thoughts on it? Being our, our resident expert. I mean like
2: like I said like th- this stuff is going to kick off like kick especially off. now with like you know the popular popularization of like uh, <laughs> GPT and like all these other large language models that are coming out like there is so much stuff going to be happening in these next couple of months of where you see this like importance of text and then like you know what can we do with text prompting but on the other hand you also have a lot of um uh, models that are, are using image or using video as input to create something else, which I think is they're even further with uh, right now. I know that, uh, I forgot the name now of the channel. The the, the guys who used to run Node. Oh, remember? yes.
0: Uh, someone just linked me this, actually. I think I know what you're talking about. Hold on a second. I'll pull it.
2: Yeah. So w- w-
0: what they did is they
2: used like some of those stable diffusion models to create an animation based on on video inputs and they had a they used the fusion model that was trained on the vampire vampire hunter d I think mm-hmm. um, which is a, a particular oh. artistic style uh, and then they had a few shots where they were playing rock paper scissors and they Boy, moved that into an animation kind of scene uh based mm-hmm. on video input so on the one hand you have in these these text models so text to 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 video or text to image text to Text, you know you have all these kind of different models but you also have the reverse where you have video to text you have video to image or video to video or, or image to video and like you have all these kind of different combinations that you will start seeing like like text plus video uh returns in uh, another video you have these different models that will start working together and i think that we're going to see amazing stuff coming out of that where the, it's not going to be that long before someone's going to have a YouTube channel that is based on text input, and <laughs> everything, really, yeah. everything is being video generated is, is by text or by a combination of, for example, video and text or image and text, and get get output like that pushed in. You because know, like, um, modeling would become so much easier. Like this is, of course, this is ideal because you know you need to just input text and you get you know a model back. But another step that you could do is where you actually do the action yourself, you record yourself doing it and then have the model instead of you entering text, the model sees you waving for example and translates that into the actual bone mechan- mechanisms that are required and that then gets imported into
0: your game. I yeah, saw that, that this week there was a woman walking on a beach and she replaced herself in video format with like a it was like a mechanical robot or something. Uh, and that change was there. One of the things that I'm wondering about in the risks of of the ease of production is just volume. So you'll 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 know it from like um from an internet services side, right? For a uh, distributed denial of service, DDoS attacks, right? Where you you flood a a web listener from hundred thousand different uh, endpoints, and it can't it can't you know manage traffic anymore. So you take down I don't know Amazon.com or something like that as a result. That could happen with targeted attacks on just um, even like a major channel. Say, um, you know, Jacksepticeye is out there and he wants to publish his latest video or something. And and people are literally um, uploading clips that maybe he is going to use. And it just prevents his video from being seen at all just by flooding. And it also might take those content servers time to be able to work out. So, I don't know. I feel like that noise level, that volume uh, and automatic generation might be a concern that we have in the next year or so. This it's... kind of flooding of front ends because you don't have the you don't have the human time to be able to sift it. So you you end up in a, in a little war of bot versus bot like this <laughs> bot's generating this bot's filtering and then trying to piece parse out the human element of all of that. So that we're going to become less and less and less and less. We are going to be such a n- tiny noise, you know, level. By the end of, I don't know, the next two decades. It's um, actually happening now
1: with uh, with a lot of famous uh, people that are known for endorsing products like Joe Rogan. Um, he There's a bunch of videos surfacing on YouTube that are using his voice to market a bunch of products that he has no affiliation with whatsoever. Um, and it's... Uh, and, and Rowdy mentioned this earlier, like adaptive training, right? And, and we think about... Um, the difficulties or, or 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 how it's going to expedite animation and production, but the reality is is the training side of it all requires hand drawn animation so let's say like for example the 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 video I think that you, one the rowdy was talking about is a cordial digital video where they actually filmed themselves doing a bunch of animations playing I think it was like rock paper scissors, and then they use a bunch of anime scenes um to train the this AI model to make them look like these animations based on an anime so they essentially made an anime using physical mocap but one of the the unhighlighted key parts about this video was that these animations were already made the drawing style the work they used an animation that was already released that had a lot thousands of human hours you know in developing digitizing and they just Mm. essentially ran with it so if there is, let's say, somebody who's mm. going to be building a production from the ground up, they still have to do the animations. They still have to do the, 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 the assets and create the training. So essentially... To an extent. It, yeah, to an extent, right? It does make but, the job but, faster. but It,
2: it makes the job faster, but there's going to be a... I mean, it, it makes perfect sense for a lot of those animators to be really frustrated about this mm-hmm. because... <laughs> yes, like imagine you're a company and say, okay, we can hire an animator to you know develop all <laughs> these styles and do this and like make this, and we hire him for five years, boot him out, and then we can use the style for the rest of you know mm. we life. Yeah. We don't need to pay an animator anymore. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, I mean, animation is also it's such a, such a sensitive topic because these styles like. They're they're so personal often like especially like I mean they use Vampire Hunter D which is I mean for those who know mm. anime it's a it's a very very well loved and very particular kind of style um, so yeah I mean but you also have models that you know you can mix together then and then it's going to become a lot harder to see and I think that's a little bit the issue that I think Midjourney is currently having is that they're they have already found proof that uh, they've been using pictures where they didn't have licenses for. Uh, so, I mean, there's going to become a lot of, like, I think, difficult ethical discussions that, that are going to come out of this about, like, what you can use, what is open use, what is, like, cover behind this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's going to change a lot. It's a, mad, things, it's, a,
0: it's a mad world ahead. I, no matter which way you cut it, it's yeah. going to be there's going to be things that surface out of all of this that, like, take your breath away. And there's going to be stuff that's really tragic that happens to people as a result of the new technologies. I mean. It's like, it's such a yin-yang, right? But it's just coming at us so quickly. It's um, it's it's cool. I hope it solves some problems. I hope it solves, for example, um, I, I want them to apply AI to legal issues like um, rights and uh, content. And I'd love them to be able to resolve that, like attributions tying back to the original creator. Because I feel like right now we're in that moment where kind of like you were in, 90s with like Napster where it's like oh god my stuff is literally exploding and going everywhere it's on an mp3 I can't control it there's no span of control and I feel like with the attribution and the fact that you've got the the digital tieback it's like all it takes is a system to be able to track that down find it and like from a royalties perspective maybe that original mind who created it um, can be attributed with that and and get what they deserved you know recently
3: I had uh, someone reach out to be like, hey, you've been you have this font on your website that you hadn't paid the licensing for. And I was like, oh, oops. So I did just like, you know, whatever yearly thing and I got rid of it off my site. But yeah, if you can do that for fonts, I imagine there's going to be some kind of footprint m- maybe left over, uh, you know, for some things like this. But I don't know, it does get a little more complicated yeah. because like Rowdy was saying, you know, yeah, they mesh as, with especially others because like...
2: A, a lot of that stuff, because for example, I mean, I'll show it on screen now. There's this, there's this website where you can download these kind of models from just for free, and this is one, for example, for Kevin Hart. Uh, then you can just like, you know, these are all, these are not pictures from Kevin Hart. You know, these are just pictures that someone has generated based <laughs> on a specific kind of
0: problem. The, the Kevin Hart Pope. That's good. The Kevin I Hart Pope. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, they, they yeah. do look good. Yeah.
2: You can I like the I
1: idea mean, for some of, of them, AI you can, you can, you can just, definitely just see that everything it's, on not, the
2: it's hmm. not him but like at the same time you know like it's 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 kind of scary I mean they did it for the rock as well of course so there's another Absolutely. one that is for the rock uh you know you have like a lot of these kind of models and as long as there's enough data of you out there that is not I mean is it legal to make this model probably not because Kevin Hart never said you know you can make this model of me but is he going to copyright strike every image on the internet that is available from him? Also probably well, Universal, not,
1: right? Universal Music Group is, is 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 I think the first one that's officially one of the bigger bigger ones that is officially arming themselves against AI. And I believe Drake and, wow. and his um there was a song that actually went viral in the hip hop. <laughs> Drake circles. and weekends. Yeah, yeah no, the the Drake and Weekend. And the
0: Weekend. It's it's that volume problem, right? Unless they automate, they can't do it with human beings. They They're not going to catch up
3: to scrub everything the, exactly.
0: Yeah. Which is why, which is why I think that uh, the direction that governments should be going is fund and build some kind of attribution mechanism mm-hmm. in like a a global connection. It's got to be
1: that, and it just like goes a, and looks and like a check mark that humans can only pay for.
0: Like a check mark. I am not following you. The, at the, all. Human, you the human,
1: the human. It's funny because it's, it, it, that's oh, really Twitter. what Twitter, right. that's, that's kind <laughs> of, that's why everybody meta is following the, 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 the role. Everybody, the funny enough, we, we saw this already. It's just we have never seen it involved. It is the I am not a robot or I am a human check Dude, mark.
0: That's going to break down so quickly. Like just <laughs> in the models that we saw in the last month or two, like worth of podcast coverage, like how long is it before? You have an AI who literally makes money in order to overcome a, a payment barrier. You know what I mean? They just go off and start a company and then do something, hum away, have oh, a bank man. account, transact the money. Like you're, yeah. you're going to have an AI billionaire out there someday, right? It, this is happening. like crazy to think it, it, about it. it. That's
1: the scary part. It's no like, human involved. It, there, no it, human it, yeah, involved. It, it, the right? scary part is that it, when we, we talk about this stuff, because it's so disrupted that we talk about it in the future, but... The, <laughs> there is actually articles of, like, mobs that are doing this. Like, there are, they're literally using audio of people. Like, re, this is, like, a, a reality that we are going to have because we're on podcasts. Our audio is on the internet, right? So, essentially, somebody will eventually yes. call one of our loved ones and say, you know, I am Adam Bombadi, please. I'm stuck somewhere. send dollars five thousand am in and, Africa. If you don't. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to be something scary like that. And I met an African it, prince. It's actually already happened in my company <laughs> for me i actually had a uh email a text of one of my employees reaching out to to my CEO and it looked realistic it was like hey i have issues accessing my bank account i need to get a pay stub for a loan it, it sounded is, really huh? urgent and like We we it almost looked real. Fortunately, you know we're we're a little bit savvier than that. But it's it's happening. It's it's like a new level
3: of tricking old people. It's like just gets more advanced. You know, like now we laugh at the at the old people who fall for like the you know Nigerian prince scam emails. But you know, eventually when (laughs) they actually have a voice of a loved one, you know, it's gonna be like you're gonna have to have all these safeguards. It's like okay, this sounds like you. I have to contact you. You know, maybe. Like actually make sure that this is you. Like it how how far back is that gonna go? Can, <laughs> you know? Can you imagine actually... how
0: difficult it is? To actually transact with banks, if you're a Nigerian prince, it's, it must be really difficult. <laughs> like, call up, no one believes you. You're like, I'm a Nigerian prince. What
1: not they take? What would they respect I me? Think, I, I think my, my, my approach is to be, to, to be my own deterrent. So, like, I, I have explicitly told anyone, if I ever call asking for money or anybody calls asking money for me, just don't give it. Let me die. Like, if it's a <laughs> ransom, don't give it. I'm putting it publicly out there. You ain't going to get nothing if I'm kidnapped. So it's all—it's it's,
2: actually—it's um, funny that you you brought up that that example because I I think roughly like I think one year or two years ago I read a book from uh, Ray Kurzweil which is you know one of the lead speakers probably on on this on this kind of thing and maybe you should all read it as well I think I think the book is I look it up but I think it was called <sighs> The Singularity Is Near, um, mm-hmm. and it's a it's it's basically describing that exact scenario where uh. A, developers or artificial intelligence uh, engineers, they develop the first, you know, artificial intelligence, a real AGI, you know, something Mm. that can perform all the tasks. And of course, it starts off being dumb, but it it proceeds to describe the entire scenario of, like, what steps it would have to take for it to, like, overtake pretty much every system in the world. And that starts very simple with, like, you know, doing jobs and, for example, Amazon Turk, and, like, it starts hiring people to work for them. (laughs) In order to, like, you know, get more data, you know, labeling data, they can uh, employ people to start labeling that data so that they can train themselves better. And eventually they start making money because they can do mm. the jobs on Amazon Turk, you know, way, way They're faster. Data
3: so Human data. After slaves. a
2: week, I, I think that, the, the like, after a week, like, uh, the AI became like a millionaire. And then after, you know, two weeks, it was a billionaire. And, like, you know, it starts, like, expanding because it will be able to do all these jobs at You know, virtually no ceiling level. You know, it doesn't sleep, it doesn't, you know, take a break for anything. And after I think like a year or something, every news site, every political system, every you know, everything was being run by that by that AI. It's bloody Um, coming. And and it was and it was a a positive scenario that he was. I was was so ready.
1: I know that you're talking about this like as a grim thing, but I'm just cheesing the no, no, excitement. No, 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 no. I am Ray, Kurzweil so is,
2: Ray Kurzweil is not—he's not negative about this kind of stuff. This was a yeah. positive scenario he was sketching out, because this was an AGI that 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 worked with humans in minds. You know, that had a moral code that had, like. Uh, yeah, but what
0: happens if 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 a central like that, not a business, not like an AI that doesn't do business, but it just. It, it, for whatever reason, its intent, its purpose gets misaligned and it goes and it creates a, an AI mafia, you know, equivalently, that, even backed up yeah, with humans yeah, yeah, yeah. and employing humans. Why I, and that's why I
2: think Jose. it's a great time. To Let's be, go. Be. I'm so
1: excited. <laughs> <laughs> He's so excited. He just I love this the world stuff. Bird. <laughs> and no, it's but not the, even the just a little bird. bird. It's inevitable. Like there is a 90% chance that that's going to happen. So if it's going to happen, we might as no, well enjoy no. it. Like
2: it. No, I, I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not too. You know, worried about that no. that much. Like, I, like, I, I am. I am very much on the on the on the field where I think it's a great time to be either like a philosopher or a psychologist or you know people who are trying to understand humans. They're going to play an important role in, like... Because what you're describing, Zim, is the AI misalignment problem or the AI alignment problem, where how do we ensure that the goals that an AI has is aligned with the goals that we foresee it to be? Because you come back to the paperclip simulator. If you give the AI (laughs) the goal of, like, make as many paperclips as you can, well, you know, that's not really going to be something you're going to want if it destroys the entire planet or takes over the universe. So... Setting up goals is going to be something that is going to be very crucial. Yeah. Well, what was the name yeah, of the I book like, again,
3: Rowdy? Someone was asking in chat. Yeah,
2: I, I think, I mean, I'll look it up properly, but I think it's called The Singularity is Near. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, so, that's, right. that's what singularity means to me, right? Like you said that yourself, it's finding the humanity to collaborate with, you know, robot overlords well, the, the, or the evolution of the, it all. But who said that that's a peaceful agreement right because I, I, you're right it, it what happens if the ai eventually says you know what humans yeah i ain't good for this task let me handle this <laughs> part
0: i've watched the animatrix too many times to make yeah. him to feel good about that future but um at the same time i'm certainly excited for what comes next it's just like don't it's like a don't blink if i was to say one thing like this podcast it's like don't blink you got to pay attention to the coming months and weeks because if you if you, if you don't pay attention, if you're like, oh, like that lady in Italy or whatever went into a cave for 300 days, it, like yeah. <laughs> you're going to come out and be like, what the hell happened? You know, like everything is different and you might fall out of sync and that that might force you to fall out of, for example, being happy or being content with what you're doing or your station in life or all, all these different things. So, yeah, just pay attention. Uh, it, we're going to be moving at a, at a rate that I don't think, you know, we are equipped necessarily to keep up with. Maybe our kids and you know the next generations will be but likelihood not you know i think it's gonna it's gonna outpace us uh, so. I, I found the book actually it's uh, singularity is near
2: us from Ray Kour as well but the book i'm referring to is from max techmark who is also a futurist talks about this kind of stuff it's called life 3.0 yes that's it's called. 3.0. life 3.0 do you know it uh
1: how is it yes i i know max yeah. i am i that's like a futurist superstar i am
2: that's yeah. the reason max i'm so techmark, excited and that's
1: exactly it it's like if you know the eventual outcome, why fear it? You know what I mean? Like this is our creation. If we if if we die by it, it's our fault. So like you said, let's let's focus on being kinder people.
0: Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it just reminds me of yeah. some more recent uh, i think it was star trek uh shows where they were talking about this the kind of advent of of, of ai and, and and civilizations that then out banned it right like i think it was vulcan i don't know i'm not a i'm not a trekkie really but um interesting okay let me let me uh, d- <laughs> send us over to uh, one of our main topics today which is lyra ar um so last podcast we showed off a pair of ski goggles uh, that could do a downhill trip. Uh, that was from Reki AR. It was a basic interface, bulky form factor, US made. <laughs> Definitely looks it. Not not <laughs> saying anything. Um, well, uh, Sweden claims to be ahead of the game, and yet they do have a job listing for a UX designer on their website, which doesn't inspire confidence in this product. But uh, new <laughs> on the scene, and now with a second product announced, uh, Ustling, or Ustlong, I don't know how to pronounce it, Innovations in Sweden, Um Lyra is the world's, or, or is supposed to be the world's, thinnest and lightest AR glasses. Uh, so I've, got, I've given Rowdy two videos. One is their original product, which is actually a set of ski goggles, which has a, I'll call it an Apple click wheel type interface on the side of the headband. Much nicer for kind of user interface um, compared to what we saw from Recce. Um But this this new thing is a little bit like what we were talking about last podcast from Apple, And so whilst maybe they're the first to stage, I will caveat, I do feel like they're probably um, a little bit like the hardware equivalent of Joyway. Uh, Joyway being the chop and swap studio who can't stick their landing, but we're going to have to see. So this Swedish company uh, first promised to put out and have available for public in February um, this pair of downhill ski goggles with this sidebar interface. And the new thing is called Lyra. They are thin light AR glasses. And what's really neat about them is their functionality. So the functionality that comes in these glasses is um, a couple of things. A multilingual live translator for speech-to-text or text-to-text, I find that very interesting. A digital note-taking assistant that can record and translate in real time, help you in meetings. Integrated GPS for route planning and navigation. This is the chevrons I was talking about in the intro. Um, mobile data for phone and text comms. And a music player integrated into the headset. Now, they're really <laughs> lightweight. It really looks like... Wait, 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 wait. Why are the, why is there
2: like a meeting that we're being part of in the trailer where they're like toasting <laughs> champagne? <laughs>
0: so that was their... That, that, that was, so this is what I'm saying. I'm getting a real... Funny feeling about this company, but they they launched in Zurich to a group of potential investors, and the trailer is supposed to show from the stage. Here's our ski goggles that we already know about, and surprise, here's also our Lyra AR headset. So that's what that video is all about, but and the they're last just showing off. Twenty minutes are them. Toasting it's, champagne, like
3: is that to celebrate? Like, look how successful we are, or like, I look
0: how <laughs> exactly. successful
3: people. Look like how many people
1: we're and, gonna scam
3: in a library?
0: And, and I need to tell you something here, right? So this is this is very startling. As a YouTuber, right? The, the video, twenty days after being posted, only had six views oh. as of this morning. And they only have 16 subs on their YouTube already. So well, these I, just, guys, I just played it twice, so it has eight views now. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so, this honestly, this startup looks to be more fluff than stuff at the moment, but the design is a peak in the direction of what might be coming for more established brands like cough, cough, Apple, right? And other global brands who are operating in this space. So, looks decent on paper. <laughs> The model and form factor looks okay. Rowdy, if you can show us the next video, you'll see their integrated proprietary operating system. Mm. Uh, There's no word, by the way, at the moment with integration with smartphones or third-party apps or anything like that, but the Lyra smart glasses are supposed to be going on pre-sale. Again, that word doesn't... Like, pre-sale in September 2023 when their snow goggles were supposed to be out in February, it's now... Nearly May, so I really feel like we're getting a joyway treatment on hardware here, and I think that if Apple or anybody else beats them to the punch, they'll just blow away like dust in in, in the noise in the area. But um, the video shows you their proposal for what this looks like in the future, and it's very similar to their snow goggles, which is a world that's overlaying with monochromatic green instructions, text translation. And directions. Hey, you want to go to Starbucks? Here's where (laughs) to go. Hey, driving through the supermarket. Not driving through the supermarket. What am I saying? Driving through the streets.
1: (laughs) Supermarket. The The AIs have really taken over. (laughs) Do it. But like, there's so much
0: detail that's missing. I feel like this is like DECA when we first saw DECA. There's no idea here on price or battery life for this at the moment. I think a monochromatic display like that could work for all-day wearables. Get on the bus. Get on the bus. Ride <laughs> the bus. bus. <laughs> Ride
1: the bus. Like this dude. prompt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um oh, putting,
1: putting on my tinfoil putting on my tinfoil hat real quick. I, I feel the that's the reason why we see a lot of companies that execute and announce a lot of technology. And I I I, I it's a term that I personally call like supply chain snipers, which is people that probably have yeah. A lot of conversations with supply chains, a lot of technology component suppliers that know that such a device with similar um, device components is coming out. So what they do is they essentially try to coin it as something that they're making in hopes that when that supply chain gets activated, you know, some components and SKUs accidentally fall off the, you know, the supply chain and all of a sudden this headset starts coming out. I I don't want to name headset companies, but Mm -hmm. you can probably... Think of a few that do similar things. Um, it's very smart to raise investor. <laughs> and yeah, that guy is a really good example. They do that to get a lot of investor uh, confidence and, 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 and rally as much money as possible. The cool thing about it is that it's a really good radar and signal that these headsets are being manufactured or at least exactly. about to be,
0: which is exciting. Exactly the point. Exactly the point. So what we see before the launch of dramatic, um, environment changing hardware is often these like pre-shadow echoes of hey look at me look at me over here right and then when that announcement comes that company's name will be lost forever in the sands of time and that's what it feels like it feels like people are trying to jump the gun because they don't want to take time for product or marketing or development and this looks like a website that was splashed up videos that were composited and put together and like that champagne glass, Rowdy, they're <laughs> saying, hey, look at how successful
1: they're we're going to I'm, be. I'm, I'm, telling you, I'm telling jumping on the trend because it's
3: popular now. It, and just to get their name out there while they can, even if it's, you know, something that they're not going to be able to deliver. But it's like, oh, these I, things are big I,
2: now. I, I'm telling you, you, we were talking about text-to-video prompt. This is the kind of output that you get, you know. <laughs> I want to <laughs> show a successful yeah. video where I'm... Showing champagne being poured. People
3: in meeting with champagne in a library.
1: Yeah.
0: Laughing. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do that for our reality. Make one. You know, it's just like all in tuxedos. I have so much
1: money. <laughs> There's such marketing value in saying you're the first. You know, think of a company like Apple. Like they, let, let's say for example that Apple is actually building the world's first augmented reality ski goggle. So now that when you search augmented reality oh. ski goggle, this company may show up. So think about how much money Apple's legal and marketing PR system will pay to kill that messaging. And that's the reason they do it. They just want to be able to say they're the first to do it. That's why a bunch of headsets are being released that are boasting a lot of world's first X or smallest X because they know that... Somebody's going to pay for that marketing and, and, and branding.
0: It's like, you know what it's like? It's like when people would sit on a domain name. It's like, hey, you know, ResidentEvil5.com. You yeah. know I, what I mean? Like a, I, I, I never thought
2: that world's smartest X was going to be a thing. Yeah. The world's <laughs> smallest
1: X. Yeah, it, it's so crazy, but th- there's value in, in, in the marketing, but it's so true. It, it's the AI, if anything, as you said, somebody can output this. It turned the value of idea so hard to quantify and value that people are now going to just say, Hey, I had this idea first. Like it's like running yep. to, to take ownership of an idea now.
0: And I know we talked about this form factor last podcast, so I won't, Spend much more time on Lyra, but um, I'll tell you, a HUD in real life, oh boy, you know, if we couldn't distinguish between body cam footage and an FPS game, well, now my brain's going to have to figure out if those floating chevrons mean, oh, I'm actually driving Gran Turismo 7 or actually on the motorway, because <laughs> real life. that's an important distinction, <laughs> you know.
1: Hopefully you all don't right. find that uh, when you're inside a grocery store. <laughs> you're <driving laughs> oh, when you're driving through it. when you're driving through the grocery store, hopefully you know before...
2: <laughs> Get, getting points. Getting points. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that Jesus. extends your usage. But, gonna like point. Like but a token. the
1: score was going up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, uh,
1: God.
0: All right. On to our next main topic. So I'll start this with firewall access locations are compromised Uh, so what was firewall zero hour well it was a strategic multiplayer first person shooter 4v4 uh, which touted aim controller support back from the good old psvr1 days Um, in fact firewall was one of the main reasons to buy a psvr1 aim controller I thought you had one there for a second Adam I saw something white flash in my (laughs) eye no it's just uh,
3: very convenient but no
0: (laughs) very convenient yeah yeah white and purple uh, drink container of some nature yeah um so uh if you don't know what the psvr1 aim controller is because it's getting on a bit it was a lovely bit of plastic from sony with a tracking light on the end um, and oh my some of the best immersive feel of shooters to date and brought haptics to it as well farpoint for example was a sci-fi single player and co-op shooter which was incredible with the aim um, and one I hope comes back to PSVR 2. I know some people um, loved their AIM controller so much, they're asking for it to come back again and there be another PSVR uh, peripheral for PSVR 2, like the original AIM controller. I think we'll never see that. But fast forwarding five years, First Contact Entertainment, the developers behind Firewall, are microwaving their code base to reheat our favorite TV dinner and bring us Firewall Ultra. Uh, That's a conversion (coughs) from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5 to form a definitive PSVR 2 experience of the original that's been tuned up a kick with Cajun Spices hoping to rekindle the magic recipe of the original game, but in 4K and with eye tracking. Uh, Firewall sported a cast of mercenaries with which you'd select and gain valuable buffs per character. Uh, Examples being my favorite, which was Raha. Raha was... um, a a uh, what was that country uh, an Afghani woman who had been kind of like tortured in the streets or whatever and she wore a facial scar uh, the bonus with her was uh, heightened enemy detection so you'd get like a almost like a red ping or something through a wall you'd see it on your your wrist map uh, Diaz, who was an American fella uh, he had faster movement speed a, a favorite of the hardcore players and then grim who would uh, allow you to pick up your teammates faster as it was a team play game and you could pick up downed teammates within a limited time. Um, so let's cover a couple of things that make Firewall a killer title and uh, which was a seller system seller for PSVR 1. Um, and these are things that you might recognize for those who are familiar with Breachers, the game that I'm currently infatuated with um, that I've recommended very strongly now that uh, the other podcasters go and check out. Uh, Here's some of the stuff that Firewall does really well, and I think that Triangle Factory, the guys behind Breachers, should really take note, uh, because these two, before long, I think will be good competitors for each other, even if operating on different platforms. One of those is a very, very strong progression system and unlocks. Uh, They had a content path that was well-defined and communicated to players, a pipeline of maps, mercenaries, and dangly gun... (laughs) Dangly gun fangles that they called trinklet, trinkets, uh, which would, which would <laughs> literally be, <laughs> there they they were decorations that would hang off your gun and jingle. <laughs> <laughs> they were dangly. Yeah, Definitely something Adam would be into, I would think. Um, <laughs> there was a reliance on team play. So like it was a pick me up with a bleed out timer, which was really good. You had to be quick. It was like 30 seconds or something. You'd be downed and you'd be like. Jose, help me, help me, Jose! You know, <laughs> and they're like, he's still under fire. I'm just going to let him bleed out.
1: Um, <laughs> that sounds and then right There was right the there sense of go.
0: there was the sense of immersion in the scenario due to, for example, the firewall hack. So the way the, the round would work is you'd have the good guys and the bad guys. The bad guys were trying to hack these firewall points, which I don't know. Jose's going to have to figure this out for me like why would you leave exposed <laughs> firewall points just sitting around your warehouse or your office building <laughs> <Nothing> <laughs> and matters. then have a ragtag team of four <laughs> cops like wandering around I, I don't Some know people that, just the like make so
1: sense yeah <laughs>
0: That's got to be it. But the level design (laughs) was great as well. They brought, you know, you you were working through a a hotel. There was a a cool office space. You were on a massive ship. So the environments were really memorable uh, from back then. And Rowdy will know this about Zim. Zim loves currency, right? Like in Demio. I just go for the gold all the time. (laughs) Well, in Firewall, this is exactly the same. There's little stacks of coins oh, around. Darn. And so maybe feck your teammates and go find some money so you can upgrade your bajingalies on your weapons instead, right?
3: Uh, I know who's not on my team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. I'm not kidding.
1: <laughs> the dingling <laughs>
0: You could also, for example, after you'd customized your weapons, you could pick up your enemy, enemy's custom weapons and hang on to them, which was really cool. So if you got a gun with a really awesome skin you hadn't unlocked yourself yet, you're like, ha-ha, it's mine now, you know? So and that feels you, really would awesome. Would the other person then lose that skin? No, right? No. No, 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 they, would, no. they could respawn with it, right? But you would you would get that kind of coveted weapon. I like that idea, though, Rowdy, where it's like, hey, now I respawn and someone else has my gun. That's it's what I'm like, about. Uh, cool. like uh, have you ever seen Afro Samurai?
2: Where you need to like go for that, like that number one spot, but only number two can challenge number one, one. but everyone else can challenge number two. Is this a game or is it a show? No, it's like, it's like an anime, but it's like that same, similar kind of concept. Then if Ah. you would have like a skin that, you know, you could only like lose or or, like some people would not like use it or whatever. Like uh, it's, it's kind of like a cool concept of like these, like very unique kind of skins where you would have to like, you know, try to kill that one person. Cool. That's so much pressure
1: much pressure that's yeah. that, that, now it. that's real collectible like I, you ever, I i sound old but i'm pretty sure you guys remember pogs
3: oh, like, yeah. oh hell yeah
1: like i feel like God. like pogs in vr would make so much sense because you could do that you could like straight up like lose it in a match and if the person doesn't oh. want to challenge you again, that's it. You
0: know what? You know what worked really, really well in um, I think it was Bad Company Two. You would take the person's dog tags, yes. and then you yeah. would forever on your page yes. have their name as "I knifed this person." Right? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I want. They could do that in VR, where like literally you like take something off of them uh, if you get close enough. So it's like, you stay away from me! <laughs> you know, It'd be good. Um, the other things that were working really, really well in the original Firewall for example was the, what they called the signal modifier, basically a signal jammer that would stop the attackers from hacking the laptop uh, which just was really cool, but it was also kind of annoying, but it was a team thing. You'd have these jammers sometimes even underneath the level and you'd have to go locate them as a team, kill them before you could hack the laptop. So really that That player base, like, working together, it was the first, like, proper team game on PSVR. And to this day, people still play PSVR 1 in Firewall. Still got a a bubbling community. So, really, it was a big success. And so far, I'd say the only hit success for First Contact. Um, But then there were some things that weren't so good. And that need to change with time. And we have yet to see if they are upgraded in the new version. So, one of the things was lobby time. The amount of time it took you to get into a match, it was... Minutes upon minutes. In the worst in the worst period, it was like 40 minutes waiting for a game. Nobody wants that, right? Um, but it was very popular at the beginning, and obviously they were you know dealing with growing pains. So hopefully that's all gone. Um also the system itself, right? PSVR2 limits an FPS shooter quite dramatically when you have to face a particular camera. So you would have these like guardian, what would you call them? Guardian nets that would say, Nope, turn around, face your camera. And when that's happening to you in the middle of a heated, like, battle, it's really not nice. So maybe First Contact didn't fix that. But with this new platform, that's no longer a problem, which is great. The other thing that that, that really didn't work very well in the first game was bots. Bot AI was mediocre. Uh, it would serve its purpose, and you could train offline but it wasn't at the same level, let's say, the Breachers bots are. So I'm hoping that they will f- solve that. But like Rowdy said earlier, it's quite important for lobbies uh, to be able to I'll call them smoothly graduate from having not many human players to full stock human players and to yeah. be able to accordion up and down. It just keeps the good times rolling. Um, private servers, passwording, all that kind of stuff is important. Um, so that that's that. I did want to talk to you a little bit about Wins it launching. That's unrevealed. But the official PlayStation Twitter account said late 2023, which is actually quite a disappointment for people like me who bought their PSVR 2 really with this game in mind. Like I saw all the other stuff. GT7 I wasn't bought into. Resident Evil could have been terrible, right? The thing I was fixated on when I bought my PSVR 2 was Wins Firewall Coming because it was the game that I loved and didn't have enough time with on PSVR 1 before I changed continents, that to sell all my gear. So we have to be a little bit patient in terms of this coming. Uh, what's new? There. So this is the same game, but now upgraded, enhanced. There's a new Merc called Havoc that's going to join. Um, and his benefit is that he... Well, there's no polite way to say this. Uh, he drops a mine on his death. So when he dies, there's a mine left on his body. You can add whatever adjective you like there. <laughs> and... Um, Some of the features that come in this version of the game are eye tracking and aim down sight. There's a snap feature like what we've seen in a few other FPSs in VR recently, where if you get the gun close to your face, it kind of snaps in, right? And then it shows you the optics and you're able to aim down the sight a bit more easily. That is an optional feature that you can turn on or off. Adaptive triggers, foveated rendering. I'm telling you all this stuff that I'm sure you know already. Dark OLEDs are going to be great in this kind of game because it was quite dark in a lot of the environments. Um... Weapon swishing via a dial. This is another thing that we knew about before. So a little cog shows up. Use your eyes to select on the wheel. We've done that in PSVR 2, and it's really easy to swap between weapons in the middle of a firefight. And then let me tell you a little bit about the latest news that's most recent here. I think the one that excites me the most is going to be, um, again, that OLED panel, the brightness of the PSVR 2, combined with flashlight mounts for your weapons and flashbangs. So if you don't look away and you don't use your in-game hands to cover your eyes or close your actual eyes, your character will be blinded for a number of seconds, right? Just like in a a flashbang. But I am nervous about the brightness of that display (laughs) because it's already at the wincing level of brightness. And I wonder if people who go through this for the next year, you know, after the game launches, like again and again and again, like, I hope you don't take eye damage from that because it's going to be really fun. (laughs) But I remember—I don't know if any of you were Battlefield players—but Battlefield Three, when it dropped, you there were attachments on the weapon in broad daylight that you could blind somebody in their in-game character, like in broad. And I just wonder if that—that's what what their launch is going to be like. Like all these reports of people, you know, (laughs) coming out with eyes sore eyes (laughs) because of getting flashed and blinded. I mean, like constantly.
2: You can can definitely get like eye tiredness, but like the. The brightness from from any display basically is nothing compared Safe. to what we have outside. For example, on a bright sunny day, yeah. uh, that of course your eyes. The, the, the thing the thing is is that your eyes need to adjust really fast, and that that's the thing why, why, why I say you, you might get tired eyes because you know you you're looking at a, a fairly. Well, we call it the lit screen, but it's a fairly dim screen, and all of a sudden every pixel there lights up, so the eye contraction is going to have to happen real fast. So that that might cause, like, you know, the muscles pulling on on, on, on the eyes mm. might get a little bit more tired. I'm eager I to think. see. I'm eager but to see like, what it's going to yeah. do to
0: me. You know, like, will it, will it feel? Because I'll tell you, Action. I've already had it in Saints and Sinners. Yeah, yeah like, well. Because yeah. if, if, you,
2: if you, for example, would like, you know, keep your eyes closed for like five minutes and then like go outside and like open them all of a sudden, you also go like, oh, damn, it's so bright. Like, I mean, I have it sometimes just like sitting at a computer screen. Yeah,
3: like, it but, happens all yeah. the time. Outside hurts.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <Nah>. Stay <laughs> stay inside. Forget the outside yeah. world. You heard it. reality One of so what are the, <laughs> what are the <laughs> most... What, exactly. Well, one of the most contentious
0: things about... Firewall, I think, now is for modern VR FPS players. That, like, what's changed in the last five years? Well, we have real reload. You were talking about Ghost of Tabor, which really takes it to the extent of in your clip or your magazine, you've got individual bullets you place into the magazine. They even have you pressing bullets and creating ammunition. But in this game, um, you know, aside from the, the lighting and the flashes and all that kind of stuff, right, um, there has actually been... A bit of a backlash from the community that it's not manual reload, that it's literally like button push reload. Mm -hmm. And that's 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 difficult, right? Even in a kind of a pop (coughs) one sense or if you take Breachers, Breachers is literally slap and go. It's like grab your ammo bag, slap in the thing. There's no bolt action or anything. It's just slap and you're ready to fire. Um, it's even simpler than that, and so a lot of like VR vets who are attracted to this kind of game because it's very strategic in nature, it's team oriented, and it's a l- it's a lot about skill. Um, you know, hear that, and they go, "Oh God, that tastes that sounds terrible." Um, so, FCE have come out with some news that feels like a knee jerk response from the community, and uh, they're going to add an ultra mode. So you've got Firewall Ultra, Ultra mode, which will be Why? Ultra man- Ultra. Ma- max manual ultra. Ma- ma- plus, <laughs> yes, Max Ultra Plus gun reloading. So they're gonna bring manual gun reloading as an optional feature. And I just wanted to ask, like, how do you guys think of that? Because like, when I whenever I see an artist change their direction on the on the backlash of a community, sometimes it feels a little bit like, oh, good, they saved the day, they listened to reason. And sometimes it's a bit like, well, you had a thing, and now you're changing enough elements with your recipe that maybe you're gonna fuck it up. So. I just wanted to talk about that for a minute. I mean, I, I take it you guys weren't firewall players. Anyone here? No. no, no one.
3: But I mean, okay. I don't know. When it comes to reloading, I'm just so used to doing a manual. Even if it's just like magazine in the gun, it feels arcadey. Like it almost changes the style of the game to not be able to have yep. that. So even just an option, like after the fall, for example, you can either do uh, a quick reload that's maybe a button press and maybe... Um, it's you get less credits Uh like there's some kind of a deterrent so that you may not want to use it all the time, although it is PVE. So you can get away with that. But then they also have a uh like a manual option that you can use. I don't know how that would beautiful. work in PVP, though, but, you know, it's I like it's a beautiful call out. Yeah,
0: because that's exactly um after the fall system, I think, is very good, given the type of game mm. Uh for a game that's PVP. It's. And they are gonna do that. They're gonna allow you to basically take the hit, just like you would if you if you ever used like a, a force tube or something like that, you're not faster, you're not better, but you're more immersed and you feel great and it feels fantastic. And so manual reload is gonna be added as an option after launch, which again is late 2023, in this ultra mode, so you can apply it and you're like, oh, I've got the satisfaction of manually reloading. The problem therein lies, very similar to the first game, they allowed people to play on a name controller. Or a, or a dual shock back in the day on the PS4. And the problem with the dual shock was it allowed you to do your 180 flip turn, flick turn much faster. You couldn't rotate that quickly with the analog stick on, um, on the aim controller, and your physical body motion would, of course, be slower. And so it led to some <laughs> imbalance and the pro players opting for the less VR option. And so it's kind of what my concern is here is that. I think FCE needs to develop something that will allow for, I'll call it like VR options enabled, like an ultra mode server, right? So everyone who's playing is on the same level and we're all using the same kind of elements, but that is subdivision. And so they have to make a decision if that's something they would want to do at launch. I'm, I'm a little bit on the different end of the spectrum, I think. Um, I don't think that
2: options here are, because it's a, it's a realistic shooter, right? Like Yes, so I think they should go for realism as well. And I think that for it being a VR game, one of the core things is immersion. And I think doing any kind of quick reloading or button pressing it doesn't feel right with me. However, what they could do uh, is make the the like still ask for the action of the reload, but you know, have it maybe not be as precise for like, you know, that you need to do the action and do the reload. That you can do that fast to make it more competitive rather it's than like you being one. finicking exactly. Yeah, well you have like, you know, like a it's you need to do an action in order to do it, <laughs> a, a manual action, but like not like actually look like yeah. it's my is my Using thing going in there. Is it in? Is it in? <laughs> do I need something? Like that is maybe too much, yeah. But like uh. like I, I would make it the same for everything, whether it's PvP, whether it's PvE, what whatever it is. Level it. Mm-hmm. Level it everywhere the same. But make it a, a simple action, but button pressing and like, I think and they won't a benefit. Yeah, yeah I, I think know, they I won't. Remember. I think that's I because but it's PlayStation it. again, yeah. and it goes yeah, to I-
1: show, you know. And what sucks when overall is that the reality of VR is as much as we're, we're we're talking about, you know, a lot of like specific or unspecific or forgiven actions um, in VR. All of those actions yeah. that we're talking about tend to be running on an engine that's predicting those movements. So even yeah. unfortunately, the the entire ecosystem of VR, when it comes to being on a competitive level, is yeah. almost a ruse because unfortunately the 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 stack and and this goes back to a conversation I've been having with people behind the scenes about VR is that um man I I bringing her back up again, but Amanda Watson. And I had a conversation about virtual reality and about the logic about behind the scenes, the engineering work of how virtual reality is using human action and translating into a virtual space. And she says, and she makes, she has a personal bet that in about 10 years, people who are very or still heavily involved in virtual reality are going to be talking about how ludicrous and crazy it was that we're, that we consider what we have now as virtual reality. Because, unfortunately, most of the tracking is being done as predictive. And, and that's the problem. Before we even start talking about what is equal play in a virtual reality space, we first have mm. to figure that part out and, 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 and kind of remove the predicting or prediction side of it all. And that's the problem. There's no way that you can ever create equality between a controller and a VR you know, a human, and
0: and, and and that's not even just talking about the differences between uh from one human player to another, right? Like, I mean, then you have accessibility options, and you have, you know, so someone might be playing and and have a, a hand that they were born with it and it was misshapen or something, and it's a different orientation. And how yeah. how are you going to reload? How are you going to? There's so many permutations in this space that it's a big problem to solve. I recognize that, Um but at, like Rowdy, my I think I think my compass north is like don't. Like, if you think about Onward, when they first brought in free, smooth locomotion, and, like, developers were up in arms at that time about it. It's like, oh, we can't do that. It's going to make people sick. Like, aim for the end goal. Don't aim for the halfway house. Mm. Aim for the end goal. <laughs> aim for the thing that you want your game to to do. And I, I, I get it. Like, there, there is going to be some hesitation, no doubt, in a dev studio with a game that's literally their breadwinner. To change away from that formula, but there are some things that that should be ripped out. And I think the thing that they did wrong initially was have two quite starkly different control methods. And they they're they're putting players head to head in a competitive game with two different sets of tools. And it shouldn't be that it should be one set of tools. Are they doing that
3: in Um, the second one, too? Or is it only going to be with the sense controllers?
0: So at so it is sense control at the moment I didn't hear about DS support I don't know um about the dual sense controller if it will be supported I imagine they probably will want to keep it because there are hardcore players from PSVR1 that's their way like they are competitive shooters they've been playing for 5 years that way I don't think that they could step away from from supporting it but I think they should I think they should I agree with Rowdy one set of controllers Stick with your um, sense controllers from PSVR or split two. Audience. Otherwise, yeah, you end up with or split, right? Or yeah. put a, a, a segment between it and say, okay, you're on controller, you're going to play against controller mm-hmm. people. Yeah, flat out, and that means you're going to divide friends groups. But so be it. You know, it that's makes the a, game look like a, a design a, choice. Yeah,
1: based on what you're talking about, it makes the the game really sound like it has an identity crisis. Because especially most of the people that get into these games, they're looking to feel like they're actually ranking up the charts. The last thing you want to do is. Yeah. Always be number two, and then find out the number one. The reason he's winning is because he always he's using you know dual shock or, or something of that sort. You know, yeah. it, it definitely at least a, a sour taste for sure.
0: And it's it's not even a mod. Like when someone uses a stock, and it's like okay, fair enough. You know, didn't have the money. I just used a baguette. aged it a couple of days, used some tape, boom, got myself. A, and, and then I start winning matches. You know, like that's I get it, right? It's kind yeah. of outside the norm. Is that a but real when story? it's one of the de facto controllers, it is. I did that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know.
1: Yes. Story. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll dig out my baguette stock. Yes. Only at one pound, uh, so about one 50 for best stock in the world, and it's edible. So anyway, <laughs> That's awesome. um,
3: carbs, crumbs carb everywhere. Up?
0: However, so I just wanted to like to just give a message to uh, both of these teams, Triangle Factory and FCE. Um, first off, Triangle Factory, the the thing that they did so well in Hyper Dash and then now in Breachers is the fluidity of the gameplay going from match to match and the and the motion of the, the characters, for example. They've got better AI, uh, a great feeling of team play. Customization and content pipeline is what they lack, right? And then Firewall's got that in droves. So the fact that they're going to be able to launch out with this copy, some people never having played Firewall are going to drop it and go, oh my God, it's so great, you know, because there's just so much to do and unlock. Um, the cover system from Breachers, which means where I'm standing underneath me, there's a tiny little square and if i physically move to the right either lean my body or physically move to the right that square stays there and what the enemy sees is my character leans out over the door the full character's body isn't moving out it's just a it's just a peak like you would do if you were playing paintball Mm. or something like that and you know systems like that make it feel more immersive allow you to play better even if you're someone who isn't the quickest shot Um, and it just it just feels more real And then that breaching swing system, I don't think Firewall can adopt that. That's obviously the namesake of the other one. But both of these, you know, games also support something that helps you you keep playing, which is out of the game support. So if you're dead, you're not out of the match. What you're doing is in Firewall, you're looking through security cameras, and the way it works in PSVR 2 is if you keep your eyes locked on a player who you see on the enemy team, Um, so let's say I see someone who's a a, a terrorist who's defending a base and I keep my eyes on them and I'm looking at them through the security camera. Jose's in the game and he's going to see a a ping, like a a square outline on the map of that person. So it gives me a a jump advantage to be able to know where the enemy is, shoot accurately, maybe blind fire around a corner. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how these games work because that's the same thing in breachers In breachers. You can fly around, but you can only see what the players see with their line of sight so it's a similar system, but not the exact same thing. I only have one message to the FCE devs, and that's this, because we saw them release Solaris off-world combat before in an unready state, and then limped, and then died, right? That's what happened, unfortunately. So my ask is, like, even if you had to delay it to 2024, do not release this thing prematurely. Make sure it's fun. You get one release, only one release, only one chance. So make it fun. Have it ready and release it when the, when it's ready to come out of the oven. Don't do Solaris it prematurely. Solaris was fun. I really liked that game. Fantastic game. And I think what they're going to do with Solaris is the same thing here. Solaris 2, which has been announced, but only in teasers. I think they're going to rebake the initial game, make it better, bring cosmetics, bring a progression system, and have a full package out. But again, that same two message <laughs> applies. <laughs> two hands, full game, yeah. you know progress mechanism so the game doesn't die and people are still climbing that ladder it works really really well in FPS's so that's that's probably enough of going on about um, both Breachers and of course Firewall Ultra so looking forward to that still with a little concern that maybe some of their design decisions are going to scupper the whole thing <laughs> um, but if they give us you know hardcore only servers and stuff like that then good, I think they're in for a win so nice. Speaking of reloading, we've also got Jose here, primed and ready to restock your ammunition with some fine new VR games in his out and upcoming releases highlight. So, Jose, what have you got in the back of the truck this episode?
1: Oh, man, the back of the truck is kind of empty. A lot of a lot of <laughs> VR games, are, are they don't like to release games at the end of the month. But I do have three notable ones for you guys. The first one cool. I have is a... I'm, I'm going to call it the release, not a not a port, because it's definitely its own. Uh, it looks like it's to be rebuilt from the ground up, but it's Everslaw Invasion. Um, looks like to be mm-hmm. making its debut on the Quest 2. Um, we have seen Everslaw on PC VR, but it looks like they just amped it up. Um, it's a tool player. Uh, it, it reminds me a lot of... Uh, I don't know if you guys ever played Dishonored, but the blinking oh, mechanism yeah. about moving and teleporting and, and shooting... It looks like cooperative dishonored um, looks to be releasing April twenty eighth. Uh, that's up for twenty dollars US, about sixteen pounds. Um, yeah, it's a two that player. That game is amazing,
0: by the way. That feels oh. that feels like Doom to play. It oh, like, I can't it's wait! It's really fast paced. Um, so this release on Quest, did you say they're bringing multiplayer?
1: It's yeah, players. it's actually it's actually it's actually a cooperative uh, um, game, and, and it looks like they're, they're, they 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 re envisioned the maps. From the original, um, the original, right. the original game, and but you know, with the mentality of multiplayer, which is but pretty awesome. just
2: an I, arena slash. Is it like yeah. an arena slash? That's it. There's no. Yeah, it there, does have. Anything a, else to it or? It
1: has generative. Uh, it looks like the environments actually generate. Um, it has a deep progression system for what it looks like. So it looks like there's a lot of unlockables. Um, there is some hook shot combos between the players. I haven't really played it yet. I'm very excited to try it. Thanks, Serious Sam. So, yeah, I played the first
0: game for about uh, a couple hours anyway, two or three, right? But, like, it's kind of like Serious Sam in that you're progressing through levels, Rowdy. It's not just jump in an arena and battle. So you are going from one part of a level to another part, um, taking on kind of waves of bad guys as you progress from A to Mm B, And then you go to a next level and it's much tougher. Um, One of the cool things with Everslot was the weapon mechanisms where you could find a weapon and I think you could save it on a wall or something. And you'd like unlock from a chest a special weapon with better statistics. So kind of like Borderlands style, you're continually upgrading your weapons and you get the weapon you really like. And then you can even I think you can uh, take that weapon and like you're like pounding it out. Uh, almost like if you were heating it and pounding it out just to, like, to upgrade, upgrade it, make the sharpness, the damage, or whatever else. Cool. Yeah. So it, it's got some good mechanics. And if I'm if I'm not remembering wrong, there's some part of that where you're collecting the blood or the souls of your enemies and then draining them so you get more upgrades. It... But the whole thing felt very Doom. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it, was, it was quite good. The, cool, the, the, the best part of... Yeah from
2: the thrill I'm not really too too convinced like from like seeing yeah. it. I mean serious sam of course is a it's a brand right for me like it's a and it has I mean it kind of has a story to it although it's not too impressive but it's more like a like a gimmicky kind of game you know like it's it's it's, it's kind of laughing with itself the entire time I don't really yes. have the impression from this from from Everslot
0: Yeah yeah I, there's I, not much of a story no. uh, to it
1: it's it's, mostly, say,
0: faceless. Exactly. Yeah, it's mostly faceless exactly it's faceless yeah
1: and what I like about it the most is, is, is tra- traversal, right? Um, I, I love games where the weapons yes. allow you to kind of, like, maneuver yourself around the map. And the idea of there being cooperative combos between players, so that way you can actually move around the map much faster. That's I love games where you can actually, like, focus on upbringing your skill set with somebody else. And, and kind of, um, you mentioned it earlier, funny enough, Army of Two is one of those games that you kind of have to... Uh, um, kind of learn the player, the person you're kind of playing with, and I love the idea of that being done in VR. What is
0: of two? I don't know this one. What is it's that? It's not a VR
1: game. Is it? It's a PS3 game. It's a I believe it's a third okay. perspe- third view perspective shooter, um, and it's a two player cooperative game. And wow. you kind of it it it's completely from the from the entire game is it's it's a cooperative game. So it, okay. it's it's you cannot uh, progress it without the other person. I, I love those kind of games. Um, there was another one called Get Out. I don't. know It was uh, I, I think uh, a Way Out. I believe it's called. Yeah, Way Out. Was oh, the I've been one? playing
2: a uh, yeah a Way I played Out. Played that one. It's uh, not the Prisoner one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I
2: remember that. Yeah, yes. yeah. That was supposed That's to be really amazing.
1: good. It's so it's so fun, and I love those kind of games that you kind of almost are the entire stories with one person, so you you get to kind of connect. Those are kind of my, my... this, this yes. is not
2: like that, though, right? No, no, just, no. Well, two it play. technically okay. is, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you're kind of are traversing with, with the player. It is a cooperative game, unlike the original one. So it, but this it is, looks... Based on the, the marketing... Like, sorry,
0: I'm just going to say, like it, it's, it reminds me of Stormland. Yes. That's what this reminds me of. In other words, it's a game that you played single player that now they've added, like, Ready Player 2 to it. It doesn't... There isn't that... Uh, yin and yang combination of two distinct characters or two distinct Mm. players with different gameplay mechanics it's clone one and clone clone two two, to
1: me me this this it's ninja turtles yeah (laughs) i love that i love that approach yeah
2: (laughs) to me this kind of looks like blade and sorcery but then with two people
1: exactly that's that's awesome like multiple that sometimes some games with very simple and fun mechanics that's the best way to to you know give more of just sharing that 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 experience with more people. So that's that's um yeah, that's Ever Slot Invasion. And next one I have something completely um slower pace and it's a sorry, a, a, just
0: before you go to the second yes. one, that game reminds me of Sirento, which yes. which also had a multiplayer component to it. That's the closest thing in VR, I think, that we've had so far. Um Syrento. Because they're, they're like you said, the grapple mechanics and all that are are really extreme. So sirenta was fun multiplayer i am a little bit with rowdy in that i think the video the trailer doesn't sell it very well no. it feels a lot better to play than that trailer shows off but i hope so yeah, yeah
1: that's uh yep, What's the so slow that's... paced one though i'm curious because that
0: <laughs> you're really slow
1: and yeah, the breaks that, this one, go this on one really is hard. slow this is a slow uh, this one is a pcvr classic i nice. believe it came out during the pandemic it's so weird because it's such a blur to me because i remember enjoying this game a lot and i have no memory it's been boggling my brain but it's eye, eye of the temple um, oh, it's releasing on yeah. the quest. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. on April 27th. It's a adventure um puzzle game. Um uh, there's a game that I'm trying to remember right now. That's a puzzle, but I can't uh I- I'm blacking out on it. But it's yeah, it's a torch based um torch and whip adventure game. Um the I'm music. Kidding. That's the only thing I remember um very vividly. Um because I played this game in PC VR. And all I remember is the music. It sucks. I, I remember how, having fun with the game, but all I remember I is the music.
2: thought it
0: was the amazing. Music. <laughs> it was, the
1: music. That's <laughs> yeah, the only thing I remember.
0: Know. It was so good. Was like, <laughs> it's the sucks. music is
1: so good. It's, it's I'll tell uh, you what.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead. I can tell you something about this game. So Please. one of the things is Eye of the Temple is one of the very, very few room scale games. And if you have a large space to play in, like a, I don't know, 9 foot by 9 foot, 12 by 12 space this kind of game is is really great because there's so few. There's like less than ten really decent mm-hmm. room scale experience games, kind of like a T for God type thing. This and is the one of those things. And the camera angles
2: are so well done. Oh, like this yes. g- makes the game so much cool to look at. I think. Live. Uh, if 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 yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it's perfect for that. Because like it's like this is like a party game. That's how I call it. Like if you have a bunch of friends over. You know, Mm. you put that thing on the big screen, you cast it there, and you have this like little camera thing going on. Like, man, like people are going to be having fun on this. It looks looks hilarious.
3: Thank you. I'll pass it it on to the team. Appreciate it. But also, what I like (laughs) about Eye of the Temple specifically is it's room scale, but the developer does a good job of making sure you don't just like. Like it's hard to explain when you're in it, but you're you're moving forward, but then eventually you're kind of moving in like a square. Like you are always moving back to sort of the same location you started. Eventually, smart. even though it doesn't yeah, feel like it. it, it like it messes with my brain because I, I check and I'm like, where am I? And I'm like, oh, I'm I'm like in my my room, my play space. Still, it's very interesting, yeah. but it's
0: super. Cool. Have you played Tea for God, Adam? No, I have. It's like not. that as well. You really yeah. need to try Tea for God. Yeah, you will lose yourself. It, that is an amazing game. Wait wait for it to come out in full. It, it was it was a side quest game for for quest or whatever, but I would say wait for that but keep your keep your eye on it cuz if you enjoyed that feeling yeah. of like when you come out you literally have zero idea what your <laughs> orientation is going to be or even where in your house you might be. Um then that's a that's a really cool game, but I the temple is finally getting a release on the platform where I think it should have launched, right? 100%. Like on sense. Steam in Cabled VR doesn't make as much sense as being able to stand in the middle of a room, cast to a TV or a phone or something. And as Rowdy said, it's like a really good party game because mm-hmm. it's not too, it's not too intense. Uh, it's not snap motion stuff. There are some oh, sequences yeah. where you can get crushed by things.
1: Yeah, the traps. But, um, that's, yeah.
3: Because you're pretty much using your <laughs> own again. legs. You know, you're not, it's not like mm-hmm. you have to use the, you know, motion at all. You're actually walking. So it's great for, you know, motion sickness and that kind of stuff too.
0: Yeah. Right demo game. Great yeah, and demo it looks game. like
1: the the uh, Quest Two the version highlight. is as, also asking for the at least three meters of space. So it looks like they yeah. are they are applying the the same you know expectations of space in in the yeah. Quest Two version. So I'm really excited about that. It is um, slated for the 27th. There's no release uh, pricing yet, um, but that's April 27th on the Quest Two. I'll
0: nice. give one tip here, which is if you don't have the room in your house. Uh, And you can catch lighting correctly around dusk, right? For about an hour, you can play this kind of game in a flat garden Mm. really nicely. Just mind your lenses, right? If you're going outside, don't don't be pointing them to the sun. We're
3: going to get so many (laughs) comments on people being like, you can't play the quest outside. It's like, what? I'm not playing like this. You know, like. yeah. I'm
1: staring at the yeah. sun.
3: But man, that's a great comment bait, right there. Yes, play your headsets outside. Ugh. We're gonna get all of those angry, angry comments.
1: That's okay.
0: That's okay. I've burned a headset or two in my time.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, that always worries me if it's facing that. a window. Especially, I'm always very careful about where I'm putting it back because I'm like, I don't, I don't want that to happen to me. It scares me.
1: I have so much paranoia about that, like having a window facing oh. my headset. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and yeah, and last one I have is. Uh, a game that we we probably have heard of and tried, which is Propagation. Um, it's a cooperative uh, horror game. I believe they have like four um, four games. It's it's a cooperative horror shooter. Um, you go in through like a bunch of uh, corridors. Um, so they're actually releasing. It's it's done by one of them studios. They've done Ragnarok and a lot of cool, uh, well-known VR games. But it looks like they're doing <laughs> their foray on single player. Um, with uh, Propagation Paradise Hotel, which is it reminds me a lot of uh, I, I think it's Phasmophobia, um, but it's a single player narrative where they take you into a haunted house and there's you know it's it's kind of their 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 take on single player horror games. I don't think they've they kind of have done games like that. All of the ones that they've done have been multiplayer or cooperative. So seeing them take on single player looks pretty interesting to me. The trailer. Huh. Is kind of creepy. Um, it's like I'm, paranormal
0: I'm, activity a little bit. That yeah. just reminded me of that game. I've been looking forward um, to this one for
3: so long.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. That's no, coming not PSVR 2, right? As well. Not initially, I don't
3: think, right? Maybe I think that's going to be a later launch, maybe.
0: Damn.
1: So, right now, <laughs> that's I where I want to play it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Quest yeah, 2 no, PCVR. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> it's like that.
2: It's just that. so weird, though, I, because yeah, going yeah. from
3: Ragnarok to this, it's like so different. You go from like Viking. Low poly rhythm drumming <laughs> game to like single player story horror. I'm like, wow, that's like that's a that's a big contrast. So I'm curious. I applaud that though. Yeah, I mean, oh, they I really
1: love, applaud that. I'll tell you this from one of the because I actually interact with them a lot from from mm-hmm. my company. Um, they have a platform called Octopod, which is a a my launcher manager for arcades for for these kinds of experiences. Um, one of their mm-hmm. their earlier games is a game called Propagation, oh, which is a similar. Right. Yeah, they have yeah. a. Oh. It's a cooperative multiplayer horror shooters. Um, and you can tell that this is kind of like a passion project for them because I remember trying their propagation games and their 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 CEO, one of their, their developers was like, what do you think of, you know, there's a lot of scary stuff. There's like a spider head I in love, one it. of short, them. It's short,
3: but it's fun. Yeah, and it's, good. Yeah, it's one of those multiplayer like, you know, co-op mm-hmm. uh, sort of games we were talking about earlier, but just a really short experience, but very good yeah and very they have a free
1: game. roam and they actually have a free roam version of it where you can actually run around each other and and <laughs> shoot down the zombies um so they actually they you can tell that there's some sick minded developers over there that that just love scaring people because the the first time I they they, they forced me to try it right they were like no Jose you got to play propagation I was like you yeah, know nah. and they in and, and the developers were just full of excitement and gleam I was like did you get scared did you get scared so I, I'm I'm don't wanna I, try I, this game, but I I'm can't get enough of it. this.
0: I am like Adam, like I I'm a sick I'm a sick fella. Like I, I just I love this kind of stuff. <laughs> i like honestly Adam, there I'm isn't enough sick of it. Fella.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm a, sick I'm a, as a very, in, like sick. I'm a wimp it so yeah, sick. sick. No, yeah, no. They're they're. I would say sick-minded because those you see those monsters. No, no, no. They're sick-minded. Like you see those monsters. I'm like, only somebody twisted. You know, some John Romero worshiper kind of minded person cr- will. Very
3: creepy. Yeah, in that one. So yeah, yeah. If, if you haven't tried that, it's it's. I forget how much it is on Steam, but it looks very good yeah. too. For for. It, I think it's aged a bit now, but it still looks great for the. You know, current times, no. and it's super short. Mm-hmm. You can finish it in one place. I, I liked it, though. It was really I, fun. Really scary.
0: Know, I definitely, creepy. definitely definitely want it. Well, see, I haven't played it yet, so it's good. I, I'm happy to hold it. But I think I'm going to hold for the OLED panel. I think I'm going to hold off <laughs> That's because a, uh, uh, that, yeah. black, that black levels in the PSVR 2 are just so lovely. So, yeah, roll, run it
1: back for us there, Jose. What yes. were those three games again? So those three games were Everslot Invasion, releasing April 28th for the Quest 2, um, it looks like, a, right now, it looks like that's the only one that's been announced. Um, it's 19.99 US, 16 pounds. Second one is Eye of the Temple for the Quest 2. Releases also uh, slated for April 27th. No pricing on that yet. And the third one is Propagation Paradise Hotel by Wanda Dev Studios. Looks to be releasing on Steam and Quest 2. Price yet announced yet, and that's on PC VR for sure on May 4th.
0: Just around the corner. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, thank you for running us through our releases uh, again. Uh, Jose, I appreciate it. I always like your picks. I like how you'd like take an angle for, for each time. and that <laughs> certainly helps. So uh, chat, let us know if you have any final questions for the crew before we wind this one up. I'm going to recount our show details for those of you who might not know them already. Um, this podcast is live every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. It's a fortnightly show. It's every two weeks two 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 we like the number two these last few podcasts um the show starts at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern and 6 p.m in the uk uh we've got our audio engineer which is um who who does an audio version that's just beautiful for us that's sir rowdy uh like a blade in the forge and tempers that the cool waters of, of soundcloud spotify and itunes if you couldn't catch us live drop us a comment and keep those good vibes coming uh, share and with others that you think like a bit of rough and tumble VR nuts like us. And if you want, get in touch at contact at freality.tv. Uh, with that said, have we got anything in chat before we get ourselves out of here?
3: Um, did want to qu- give a quick shout out. PD or uh, Paradise Decay for audio listeners does have a premiere after this show for uh, Eye of the Temple on Quest 2. Uh, I think he said he's using a Quest Pro. So if you did want to see what that looks like in action, you know, definitely check out his channel. Super exciting! Good I, way to go. I might do that because P.D. has so
0: done cool. some P.D. has done some pretty cool things. Like he went into like a like haunted basement for some horror games before, and mm. he, he tends to kind of get out of why? his comfort zone. And I, I want, yeah,
3: <laughs> we have such opposite reactions. You're like, why? And I'm like, oh, how can I join? <laughs> Be in a creepy, like, I don't know,
1: basement somewhere. Yes. Different cultural yes. background, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, proud wimp. I'm a proud wimp. I carry that like honor. It's, no, oh. I'm good.
0: Well, with that, if you're... Uh-
1: <laughs> If you're into it, go, go give PD some support.
0: He, he's our lovely mod of many years. Um, and uh, that's enough time away from my HMD, I think. Have fun feeding your own addictions. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm going to jump off to Breachers this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so come back next time for some more colorful VR and AR news. Until then, ciao, ciao.